Isn't it just hit the button and record? Usually, it was for us. Usually, I don't have to like switch the thing. It usually switches automatically. But I had to switch the thing, so (laughs) I switched the thing. And hey, it's not my fault. You took your, you know, you took all the microphones apart so you could use your dining room table. (laughs) (laughs) We don't use our dining room table. It was uh, we took them apart to record at your house. Oh, so (laughs) still not my fault. Welcome, True Believers, to another episode of True North Nerd. Yay! Yay. The one where Brent and Jen are back from vacation. Welcome back. And thank you guys for doing an episode while we were gone, because my scheduling thing completely fouled up. Oh wait, you mean it wasn't because Ryan hit the button? Like you claimed on Facebook? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Always pass the buck. Always throw Ryan under the bus. Well, I won't. Ryan did all the editing for our episode that we released well, without Brent ed- and Jim. We'll call the editing. I went copy and pasted two things together and then slapped no, another one in the back you guys end. Did good. All yeah. I did was hit the record button on mine. Exactly. The only thing the only thing I saw a problem with was the audio issue with Ryan's. He saw voice an audio problem. Yeah, he's good that way. <laughs> I can see through sound. He's synesthetic. What color what color did the sound and, like? And to be honest, I'm pretty sure I know what the problem was. I just don't know whose fault it was. Probably even then, Ryan. It's, it's it's something that I've done. So <laughs> here comes the bus again. <laughs> <laughs> so this week we're going to be a little light on the news, but heavy on the reviews because we saw Hold Deadpool two. What he did there? Podcast title. <laughs> we saw Deadpool two, and we also saw Solo. Solo. Ah, uh, Star Wars. And movie. Uh, we'll probably talk a yes, little bit is. about the trip that Jen and I made because we did do a little bit of geeky stuff. Not. A huge amount, but some you went to a library. That's kind of geeky. <laughs> oh, you should have seen her and Dan get their uh, Library of Congress cards. <laughs> it was adorable. We got Library of Congress library cards. You don't have to be American to get a Library of Congress nope. library. No, you just now, have to have did you take ID. your picture of, at the Library of Congress? No, I didn't take any pictures of me because I was one taking all the pictures. Oh, so you should have got a picture outside of the Library of Congress, so then you could frame it with your library card. <laughs> Well, we did take pictures of the outside the Library of Congress, yeah. or Dan did. Dan took, took a lot of pictures. good pictures too. So, um, so uh, with us beyond Brent and Jen, there's also Kevin. Of course, Hello, and Ryan. Yes, crawling out from under the bus. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> yeah, I got you a pretty kick-ass transformer for a pretty kick-ass yes. price. While someone, gone, someone so. who. Um, bla- who accused me of being an enabler <laughs> was texting me from another country, sending me pictures of toys, asking me, do you want this? Yeah. Do you want yeah. this? Basically, oh, do Brent you want would, this? Brent would pick something up off the shelf because we hit a couple of Toys RSs with their uh, closing deals and we'd be like, huh, I think Ryan might like this. Do you take a picture and send it to him? And I'm like, yeah, all right. So I didn't know what I was taking pictures of for a couple of them. And I'm just like, hey, want this? And then I put the price in. <laughs> so <laughs> let's start off with the Enabler news. dealers. Yes. Yep. I'm so glad I don't have this addiction. 
Yeah. Oh God, our car. You're just addicted full. to theater. Unfortunately, I'm very busy with that right <laughs> Which, now. Takes yeah, up your time, but at least some bit. of it pays you. So some of it does. Some of it does. So Ryan, what's in the the news? I know it's light, but the uh, news is light. Um, one thing, and it really, it's the only thing I've written down in the news. We have okay. some other news since then, but uh, and we've posted. I, I've shared it on on the Facebook page. Uh, the Expanse has been saved, at least for another season. You're very happy, about and this. I'm happy because at the very least, if they know they're only getting it one season, then they can somehow finish the story of the TV show, even though the books will continue on. Yep. Uh, but it's been saved by Amazon, and it's going to be on Amazon Prime next season. Apparently, um, the guy who owns Amazon, Mr. Amazon. Be- Jeff Bezos. Okay, so not I Mr. Like Amazon. Mr. Amazon. I like Mr. Amazon better, too. But uh, apparently, he's a big fan of the books and the TV show and was kind of upset when they didn't get the right, like, all the rights for the show originally. Mm. I guess it does air as an on-demand already in the U.S. of A. On Amazon. On Amazon. A mm. lot, I guess most of the rest of the world, it's Netflix. Yeah, I was just looking on James S.A. Corey's website. Okay. and it's The author of the books. Yes, the, author. the team. It's actually two, two Oh, men, that's right. The they, and they're, they're on the TV. They're the on the writing uh, staff, too, for the show. Okay. So um, Netflix acquired the global streaming rights to The Expanse. Beginning on November 3rd, fans will be able to stream the first season, except in the USA, Canada, and New Zealand. American viewers will be able to stream via Amazon Prime starting in December. More info to come on availability in Canada and New Zealand. Well, that, I think it is an old article. Well, the, the Amazon... A, a, a Amazon acquired on when? This was uh, in November 3rd. But it doesn't actually say the year. Uh, this is from the uh, this is from New York City Comic Con last year, because I'm pretty sure it's on Crave. Yeah, it's the whole connection and to Bell. I can't see Bell Media giving it up. I think it's a pretty big hit for space. Well, that's what I'm thinking. That it'll chances are it'll still be available on either. Well, it's either going to be on Space or Crave, if not on Prime in Canada. If it's on Prime in Canada, it might be enough of a reason for me to get. A Prime subscription. It's already. We still have ours. You can come over and watch it. Oh, there's always if that. They, if they throw the other seasons over, I, I'll sit down and watch I, the rest of it. You can borrow my DVDs. It all. Oh, it already streams DVD. on Crave yeah. in Canada. So, so there's that's that. Good. Yep. So that's good. So that means some good, you know, hardworking people in Toronto are going to keep their jobs for another year. Yeah. Speaking some of jobs and See, I, I set that up for a nice transition there. Not getting, not getting work. Uh, inner so space on space has been canceled, unfortunately. Yeah. Sounds like so. You know, Bell Media has been doing some cuts at a couple of their channels. Not they, just Bell. Everybody is. Well, yeah. That but time of year. Bell <laughs> cut. Inner Space yep. and Daily Planet, which Daily Planet's been around for quite a long time. Yeah, one of the last Discovery educational channel uh, channels, yeah. <laughs> last educational shows on that on channel, Discovery Channel. Yeah, yeah. one of the was, last shows that's not a reality show. Uh, I I worked with a guy when I worked it in the Eaton Center, so that's two thousand years ago. Two thousand two. Well, it was their flagship. Show was, when uh, Discovery Channel Canada yeah. went on the air. So well, every day would be commercials for it. Like oh, tonight on and, and like uh, they do really cool stuff. A daily science news show is pretty cool. I yeah, mean, I guess just nobody but cared. Not enough. Yeah, <laughs> I I hope that that the well, like you feel bad for the crew and the the on air hosts. I I hope find something. Unfortunately, with all the problem is is. The, it's not just Bell. It's core. Everybody yeah. seems oh, yeah. to do cuts at the same time, so the market just gets flooded with these 
mm-hmm. posts talent, and stuff. With people just, looking for work, yeah. Looking for work, and there's not enough for to go around, at least in Toronto. Yeah. I, I can I don't want to say positively, because hopefully they will be all able to stay where they are or whatever. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if one, if not two or, or all of the hosts end up elsewhere well, in, you know, in Canada. Space back in the Chum City Moses Nimer days is a was a totally different kind of a channel than it is now in the Bell Media days. Yeah. Well, you could and, say that for the Moses Nimer Empire for yeah, the most part. Pretty much. Yeah. Much music was totally different. And, and City, City TV and yeah. And I think I think that channel lost some something when the when the merger happened and it got very polished and which is it's weird so to say corporate. yeah yeah uh and i miss all the interstitials and all of the you know space facts and that used to air in between programs all that sort of interstitial programming that doesn't exist anymore yeah i'm a, it, it's weird because i i don't know those guys personally personally but i kind of do because uh our friends at geek Heart are have a pretty close association with them. Mm-hmm. They have a, they have an in character feud with Teddy and AJ oh, okay. that has lasted for like at least four or five years. <laughs> and and I've met them. The the I've met all of them. They've always been cool to me. The, oh, yeah. the only funny part is is with Teddy. Um, Teddy is at the point where he I I can't say this for for sure, but I'm positive I'm one of those people that he knows at this point he should know my name. But he has no idea what it is, <laughs> yeah. and we play this game where I talk to him for fifteen minutes, and he avoids using my name for right. fifteen minutes. <laughs> right. There's a lot of hey buddies and oh yeah, yeah hey pal, but, pal, but even then, like, like, like we've always chatted and always gotten along, so it's you know, oh yeah, and and especially now my current situation, I can completely feel for him because he'll be competing he with him. Your job sucks. Yes, yeah, yes, it does. Especially when it's in a crowded market like that, but hopefully, hopefully they'll be picked up somewhere, or they'll they'll get gigs. Well, AJ, he's been doing Twitch streaming of playing video games and stuff like that too. Yeah, that which time. is so probably I'm sure a good idea helped. on his part. At least it's something mm-hmm. else, but yeah, because from a pure from just going for school for broadcasting and stuff, AJ might be the one that has the hardest time transitioning. Just because the good and the bad of it is he looks like he's 12. <laughs> and, like, that will serve him well in his older years. But, like, it's it's hard to get, like, you know, what are his options? News, I guess, and stuff like that. Which and, like, uh, it's becoming harder and suit, harder. He kind of looks like a kid who's in his dad's suit kind of thing. <laughs> you know, maybe one of those, like, enter to E Canada or ET Canada yeah. or something like that. He would, yeah. Actually, yeah, he'd fit in did, well there. I think he may have they done some stuff cut, with uh, him. They they didn't cut e-talk, did they? I mean, that's sort of I don't the other know. show I in that looked same it. vein that Bell Media The has. only other one that I heard of of note, and it wasn't Bell, it was Chorus. Chorus cut uh, Andy Frost, who's been on Q107 for like 30 oh, wow. years. And they, they let him go. His, uh, Sunday was his last Psychedelic Sunday, which is like for, for radio people and people who like classic rock, that's like, wow, that's yeah, that's kind of bad. <laughs> But he's a he's another guy. The, the, the thing is, the landscape of media on a whole is changing. And Everybody's streaming everything now. So and like I'm I'm fairly decent friends with two fairly prominent radio broadcasters who do not solely work for corporations anymore because right. they were let go and now they don't trust them worth them throwing them. Well, you so. know, 
I, I took a survey today from Cineplex they, after they saw that I bought tickets for Star Wars this week. And they said, I got that email survey. too, but I didn't I did, get around yeah, to doing it in time. I did the survey by to the end yeah. of the day today. You get 100 bonus scene points if you oh. do the survey, which is why I did it. But one of the questions was, how much television did you watch in the last week, excluding Netflix? Ooh. And for me, it was like zero to nine hours. Anything I watch right now is streaming. Yeah. Whether it's Netflix or some other... Well, even if it were, if the lowest is zero to nine hours, yeah. Last week, I could probably say that you know because really, I would probably fall in that too. As much as TV as I watch, yeah, it's usually about two hours a night mm-hmm. between eight and ten. So because it's like that's yeah. when my first run shows are on, and then there's some nights like you know Wednesday when there's not really much on that I, you know for me to watch. So I watch something on Netflix and or I watch I'm something else. I'm also curious how low that's going to get when summer comes around and you're into reruns. Right? Oh, yeah. Right now, the, any of the first-run shows that I watch are, are usually done. ones... Well, no. The, well, the ones that are now for the summer mm. are ones that I watch on Netflix because it's like the 100. Yeah. yeah, it's on on the American channel that I have access to, but it also then airs on Netflix the next day. So I just and, watch it on Netflix. And it's only going to start to get weirder. So it came out last week that this is to, to talk about this, but it's a different theme in some ways. So um, the WWE sold their sports broadcasting rights okay. last week. And uh, NBC Universal picked up uh, Monday Night Raw, which was to be expected. And Fox ended up picking up SmackDown. And the main reason is is live entertainment, like live sports stuff, mm-hmm. including pro wrestling, which is sort of yeah, sports. It's sports yeah. entertainment. Is the it's the one of the only things streaming yeah. entity. It's yeah. you can't like it. it um, in the case of the WWE, they have a streaming service. You can't watch any of that programming mm. on first run. It may show up there eventually, but it, it won't be for like a That's couple. That's interesting. Years. And like they're not alone. Monday Night Football, you can't really watch streamed other than like the NFL Network, hmm. you know, and, and baseball, basketball. Well, see, so the baseball, all of those their rights monies are just going nuts. Facebook bought some uh, game rights, and they've yeah. been streaming games. The Blue Jays have already done at least two this it's year. Funny you mentioned that. So it came out that the two competitors with Fox for SmackDown were Facebook. And Amazon, both wow. of them made apparently made offers, mm. um, just not as good as Fox did. Because hmm. that first Facebook stream of a Blue Jays game, my parents were my parents are huge baseball fans. It's one of the few things they agree upon. Hmm. They love the Blue Jays, and when it wasn't on television, he was quite upset. I'm like, well, I just got a notification. It's on Facebook. Let me put it on the screen for you. And I was able to. It's. Put a, it on the I will be honest. Not. Ha- I don't miss having cable other than not being able to watch Jays games. Really, that's. Well, you're not idea. missing much this year. Oh, yeah, but like uh, a friend of mine got the MLB package for the playoffs, mm-hmm. not last year, the year before, and it would like I if it was cheaper than it was because it's really expensive to get it for yeah, the year. Yeah. Um, but the playoffs, they sell them off dirt cheap. Mm-hmm. So, um, but the only bad thing was, is because it was in Canada, I got two damn commercials the entire game, like each game. I only got I got a commercial for whatever NHL uh, video game was out that year because fucking Kevin Smith's in it. And, like I could almost do Kevin Smith style. So every time there was verbatim, a commercial break, it was the same it was commercial. That or oh. it was something else, and it was only two commercials. 
Oh, it was, Jesus. Yeah. It was, oh, but, and I think it really had something to do with the region. Oh, I have probably. a feeling in the States it oh, was probably. different. But that's the way broadcasting's going. It, yep. It's going to be an interesting, in those terms, it's going to be an interesting couple of years well, to see how of, things of go. Well, streaming, I saw an article, or I got a notification on Facebook or something, that um, Twitch... I don't know Twitch at all. It's mostly for gaming, right? There are things that do broadcast on it. it, They are streaming classic Doctor Who for the next month. They're starting with episode one, and they're running the complete series, all 27 seasons of it. They're streaming it on on Twitch. Yeah, the way I understand Twitch is, you know, it started off as the, this is where you go to watch people play video games. And And that's the majority of what And you donate money as you you watch because you like that person, you want to support them. It's like a live stream Patreon in a lot of ways. And it's changed to now you have to pay to subscribe to people. Oh. I think. And or you get like, because I think with your, with, because it's under the Amazon umbrella, I believe. I yeah, believe it's somebody somebody big owns it, and I can't. I think it's Amazon because I think I read that Amazon or if Microsoft. you get or I read it in talking about the uh, seeing people writing about the expanse going to Amazon Prime and yeah. people like, oh well, you know, oh that means I got to get Amazon Prime now. And it's like and somebody was like, well, just yeah, and you get all these other movies, and you know, in the states they've got that video game subscription thing where. Uh, it started off. You get a discount on like first, you know, new release video games oh, really? as being part of yeah. Amazon Prime. I don't know if, you get if two, we do it here or not. Shipping. Yeah, and well, and then every and you month get Amazon Music. Yeah, yeah. And apparently, it sounds like every month you got maybe two free Twitch subscriptions. Oh, so you'd be able to find two new people that you wanted to follow and subscribe to them. Huh. There's a lot of people using that as a way to, like, a lot of quasi-celebrities who are using that as a way to, you know, well, to increase their income a little yeah. bit. There's cooking shows on it now. There's a lot of, like, tabletop gaming on it, too, yeah, I think. It doesn't, isn't, uh, isn't um, the, uh, the the cosplayer, the body paint, uh, what's her name? Uh, oh, uh, Ed's, Ed's friend. Uh, uh, Kay Pike? Yes. Is that what her name is? Doesn't she do hers through... Yeah, I think so, Through or Twitch, something like her, that. When she yeah. does her live does, like, body painting tuter- and tutorials. Doesn't and, uh, Felicia Day's uh, company, uh, was it Geek and Sundry? Well, former they? company. She don't own it well, anymore. Yeah. No, they've got their own streaming oh, thing. I thought they used Through Twitch, Geek, too. They may, have st- they may do it for some, but I think they, Dude, them and Nerdist alpha. use Alpha. Which, oh, alpha, that's yeah. right. The Alpha Project or whatever it's called. But you are, I think you are correct, is that they started on Twitch on doing Twitch. stuff. Seems to me that like the uh, what's his name um, Wesley Crusher uh, Will Wheaton Will Wheaton we're all he bad was for doing names some today. of his uh, <laughs> tabletop stuff on Twitch That's like playing what... live board games on it and yeah stuff like he that. I think his his show tabletop was released on Twitch before they put it out on yeah, YouTube. Yeah, I think that was also before Geek and Sundry had been bought by... By Legendary uh, and everything, yeah, who Legendary. was then bought by some, you know... Yeah, I, I don't know. I used to watch almost everything that was on Geek and Sundry, and now I watch nothing that's on Geek and Sundry. Yeah, yeah I don't think I have any shows on there that I follow on their YouTube channel. I've got a few Nerdist ones that I still watch. Yeah, so we will see how that shakes oh, out. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, ever, the TV versus streaming wars continue. continue. And Petra is attacking your shirt. Yeah. In the meantime, let's get to the movies oh, that wait, we well, let's talk about your holiday. Oh, 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 Jen's oh, got news. Geez, okay. I have news. See, I had one thing, and look at we keep going. All right, you what's, go, that? Go, what's Jen. Jen's news? Jen very rarely has news. The Jen Sims speaks. 4, the Sims Four is doing a new expansion pack. The Sims Four Seasons. <laughs> Yay! Yay! June twenty second. 
I'm addicted to The Sims 4. Four Seasons as in the hotel? No. <laughs> That'd be kind of interesting if it was 4, branded Poland content. Seasons. Oh, okay. <laughs> so if you've played The Sims 4 or if you've played The Sims 3, it looks like it's got a lot of the stuff that was in The Sims 3 coming back. So there's four so seasons. So they're recycling old content. Yeah, they always do that, though. Uh, there's going to be... Um, impactful weather uh in the trailer some hurricanes shot by lightning like when oh, your geez. can be struck by lightning and can you, can you pick and be like zap i don't know zap, because you can I'm also done. If, zap. You're, if you're evil you can create a weather machine that controls the weather which is kind of fun Cobra! <laughs> there's gonna be a lot of new clothing and accessories which is like that's, i like that stuff there's gonna be a, there's gonna be a new gardening career which is cool and i see you dressing someone up as the baroness and then Deathstro with Ooh, his and, pimp and, jacket. And with the mass device. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. I think it was the mass device the weather. Oh, no, yeah. Weather Dominator. Was was it? Didn't the mass device do that too, though? Uh, maybe. If this any, is what we need Snowlock cosplay here for. He's the G.I. Joe expert. If anybody actually wants me to talk about The Sims more, let me know on Facebook or social media, well, and then the, I the, can add that in. But if I'm the only one who geeks out about The Sims, then I'll stop talking about no, it. No, <laughs> right? but what it None of you guys watched well. The Expanse, and I just kept talking hey, about one, it. So. One of my geek picks may be a role-playing game that has no interest anyway. <laughs> so... Um, so I wanted to mention uh, that this past Saturday, as we record, um, Walt Dis- at Walt Disney World, they held their second or third Star Wars Galactic Knights event. They, all, they, they tend to hold them in conjunction with the release of a new Star Wars film. So Solo came out this week. Um, Galactic Knights happened. Uh, it's a hard ticket event at Hollywood Studios where they're building Star Wars land. And so they always have Q&As with people. And so this time they had Q&As with Imagineers. And they had a panel called Inside Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. So uh, the big things that we learned are um, official opening dates for it. It's going to be uh, late spring of 2019 for Disneyland, late fall 2019 for Walt Disney World in Florida. They're a little bit farther behind there. Um, Other things that came out, uh, filming for the theme park attractions was done in conjunction with filming for movies. So it was all done at Pinewood. That makes sense. Yeah. Because you've already got the sets up and you've already got everybody there. Exactly. Yeah. They will be building full-size at-ats. <gasps> full-size. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, they're building full-size at-ats. I want to sit in a cockpit and be an at-at uh, driver. They, uh, okay. The, the ride that we sort of knew the most about up to this point was the Millennium Falcon ride. Uh, they they released a few more details about the second dark ride, which we don't have a title for, a name for yet, but it is a um, a it's a battle between the resistance and the first order, and so the ride vehicle for this ride will be an actual ship, um, and there is also talk that it at some point you have to leave the vehicle run move down a corridor and get into another vehicle to escape. <laughs> so it's a huge sort of multimedia um, uh, a, a, a attraction thing. So That's it sounds cool. fairly cool. Um, this is a little one that uh, I just just discovered. Uh, do you remember the character Nian Numb? Yum yum. Yum yum. Which yum. one is he? He's, he's the guy the, with the jowls. He's the co-pilot with Lando on the oh, yeah, in Return yeah. of the Jedi. And all he does is kind of laugh. 
They wanted to put him in the attractions, so they tracked down the guy who who was his voice originally, who's not an actor at all. He was a he was a Kenyan graduate student in San Francisco near Lucasfilm, and they grabbed him off the street to give a, an interesting vocal quality to this character. Disney tracked him down to provide the voice for that character. That <laughs> again, oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, this has also just come out. So one of the big things that came out of um, Pandora, the Avatar Land at Animal Kingdom, like the most popular souvenir are sort of are these little banshees. Yes, I saw that they did, they're doing limited edition ones. Yeah, there was a limited edition one for the first anniversary of Pandora. It glows in the dark. Puppets. What are they? They're banshees. You know the little. Drag- I don't remember okay, that so they've movie done the little all. dragon. You know the things that he that he that the the, 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 the that they climb on and fly around on? on. Okay. Those are called banshees. So you can buy the these dragons. little dragons that I want one. sit on your shoulder and they move. Well, 0.5 seconds ago, I didn't know what it was, and now I want one. <laughs> They're pretty <laughs> yeah, cool. I'm sold. I a dragon that sits on your shoulder, and I want it. And, and they have all kinds of different colors. Um, it looks like Galaxy's Edge oh, no. will have Borgs? maybe an entire Star Wars petting zoo. <gasps> there has been some concept art come out of this little... Walking, uh, are there gonna be porgs? Oh, they're gonna have lo- the, the low cats, the low cats. Oh, they're gonna be oh, cats. dear yeah. god. And apparently, they are free moving and will walk around, and uh, and that also available for purchase. Oh, Jesus, <laughs> yay! Well, we better have some really awesome jobs, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what credit cards are for. So, uh, I'm that's. Already- that's a big deal. I've oh, already Jesus. got an order in with a friend of mine for one of the intended um, gauntlet tricks. Aren't you buying more? you got to get them to bring back more than one. They're, yeah, they're, they're flying. Who cares? <laughs> Send them oh, to I'm ship sure, them. I'm sure I can hook us up. I with those. I, I've got friends cats. who are at Disneyland all the time. I, I, I just I want, don't want to pet a porg. <laughs> uh, last little bit here. Um, so we know that the planet that Galaxy's Edge is on is called Batu. They've already started referencing Batu in sort of expanded universe material. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. It's it's in some of the books already. But the yeah, that name rings a bell. Batu. B A T. I keep one of your Batu Varadu Niktu. Yeah, Batu. I wonder uh, if it was in the Leia book I read. It may have been. It's sort of on the edge of explored space, and it's where. Your hives of scum and villainy hang out now. Uh, but the specific settlement on the planet Batu that this theme park land is built to resemble is called the Black Spire Outpost. Um, so it's going to have these giant spiky, they look like mountains, but they're not really tall enough to be mountains. But spires? Giant spiky spires. And they are apparently petrified trees that um, was part of this landscape of this planet. So um, um, there's actually a mention in Solo of it. Um, in Solo, a Star Wars story, L337 mentions to Lando that without her, he wouldn't have gotten there. He, w- he wouldn't get from here to the Black Spire Station. So there was a reference to it already hmm. in Solo. Hmm. Um, and oh, also, this I'm reading from Slash Film. So um, Disney previously, well, where'd it go? Where'd it go? I lost it. Disney previously released some Galaxy's Edge trading cards that feature a look at some of the characters that will be featured in the park. 
The back of these cards formed pieces of a map, but the set was incomplete. But last night, Galactic Knights attendees received the remaining cards in the set, revealing a few brand new characters like Vi, a resistance fighter, and Doc Ondar, a character briefly mentioned in Solo, a Star Wars story. In the film, Amelia Clark's Kira mentions to a server that she needs to, ca- to take care of Doc Ondar aboard Dryden Voss's yacht. Mm. Here's product placement for you. Yeah. Yep. So they've already started seeding the things and people and characters of uh, Galaxy's Edge into the movies. So, uh, yeah, that's coming along nicely, ain't it? Uh, yeah. So Disney just wants all my money. Disney Apparently, is. they just they want my money. I should just sign my paycheck, at least enough for my, my bills, and then the rest can just... So June, isn't that basically a, how it is now? Well, pretty much, but at yeah. least I have to go to the store. I'm hoping for June 2021 to be my big Star Wars experience trip. I think we can manage that. Yeah, so you got you got three years to save. Okay. I got three years to That's make sure I got room on my credit card. Um, so uh, should we talk about the geekiness of our trip? Yeah, tell us about your trip. Yes. Um, well, we, it wasn't a super geeky trip. We went with... You went uh, to museums and libraries. I learned Those are a geeky lot things. about yes. the Civil War. <laughs> Did you I see ghosts? Nothing no, before, no. and now we, I know a little bit. We did do a re- go to a reenactment Those which, are in fun. Virginia. Um, Where there's ghosts. South will rise again. Yeah, so, they reenacted a battle that the South won. So oh. it was in Newmarket, Virginia? Was yes. that where it was? Newmarket, Virginia. Um, the, the reenactment w- itself was cool, other than uh, it had rained heavily the days before. Oh. So, like, we spent two hours doing nothing because they, they had to cancel, like, the the horse demonstration because oh, they didn't want any of the horses to die, yeah, <laughs> or the people on top of them, and a couple other things just because the field was so muddy and like filled with that would have happened in the real civil war. No, no, it wouldn't. But the, <laughs> it would have just been filled with bodies. So, <laughs> but the uh, the reenactment of the battle was pretty cool, and you know it was kind of nice that it was more or less realistic as far as those things can go, mm-hmm. um, except for the numbers. We were yeah, the numbers were a little off. <laughs> so. When I was watching the reenactment, I was like, well, I can see why the South won this battle. I mean, there were so many in the Southern Army, and there were not very many in the Northern Army as well, obviously. Uh, Then when we got back to the room uh, where we were staying, I Googled the battle. And in the real battle, the numbers were pretty evenly matched. <laughs> Apparently, we also overheard one of the reenactors that, that like, what, uh, he wasn't in the battle, but he had done reenactment before. Uh-huh. He was actually apparently an extra in Gods and Generals, which okay. is a good movie. Um, that they always have a hard time getting reenactors for the, the Northern armies. Is that because the North had more specific uniforms? I no, think, I think it's because we were in one of the states that was part of the Confederacy. Yeah, I wow. think it's more that. See, here's where the the you can kind of understand it, but it goes in and it sort of almost goes to the line of um, what kind of weirded me out was then you start looking around the crowd and you realize how many Confederate flags there are in the crowd that are not being worn, ironically, or as part of or the as part of the reenactment. Um, there was at least three guys that uh, I can't say for certain, but they had logos on their hats that I'm like, I know that logo. It's not a KKK logo, but it's something like that. Oh. And it's like, and as uh, one of the people we were traveling with mentioned, she's like, there was no people of color of any sort at this thing. And you, when looking around the crowd, can't blame them. 
And it's not to say, and I will be the first one to say, not all Southern people are racist, obviously. But when you start getting into that, you will draw those people, especially in the political climate of today, you will draw those people to those events, unfortunately. yeah. And it's not like anybody was saying, like, hang the black people or anything. It was just like, it just sort of felt weird. They're also excited to fight for the side that condones slavery. Well, well yeah. that, that, that I mean, one cheer that for them. That being said, the actual reenactment was really well organized. Yes. Yeah. And it was, hi, Kitty. It was the longest continued, it was the 154th reenactment of this particular battle. Um, so, I mean, I think that part, okay. Petra, Sorry, you're not allowed that. on the table when we're recording. Oh, I'm making room for her. Hi, Kitty. <laughs> I forgot what I was saying. I uh, longest re- uh, reenactment, yeah. most consistent, yeah, hundred and something. Reenaction was, was really, really well good. done, and like it was kind of nice because we were there with three young boys. Like oldest is seven, seven, and you can hear they hear sounds. It's Petra rubbing her face. They the like microphone. fighting. Yeah. Shows, shows and, and war shows mm-hmm. and yeah, stuff like that. Like their that. parents limit as much as they can from the but that like if you but they're still young choice, boys. Yeah. That's what they're going to turn on, and both the 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 two the two of the, the oldest two of the three were starting to get kind of they were scared, sc- not scared, but the middle anxious. one was no middle one was oh, was he yeah, and uh, you know he kept saying stuff like I don't like this, this is scary, I want to go because the the cannon fire and like well, those loud, and it's loud noises, loud. And, yep. which you know was kind of good because you. You kind of want them to to see we're that. Like, this and is think, what yeah. war is more or war less yeah. like. Except fun. that guy doesn't get up at the end. Yeah. No laser beams here. So um, we did that. We went to Gettysburg, which is that's where we heard about the other side of the war. The the museum <laughs> is really interesting to go through, and the and the, you can take kind of like a car tour of the sites and stuff. There's maps that mark them out. Um, we went to the Library of Congress. Whee! We which, saw a Gutenberg Bible, which Brett wasn't impressed oh, by. that would have been oh. cool to see. No, I was impressed by it, but what impressed me more was the first page of Spider-Man was uh, at there, which I Yeah, the first page Instagram. of Spider-Man impresses you more than the very first book that was ever printed with movable type. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And uh, what, we did the Museum of... Uh, American history. Did you? Which was kind of cool. All the pop but culture stuff. Was the pop off. culture stuff was like reopens in like a month. Oh, <laughs> so, so you couldn't see back. the ruby slippers or the? Uh, no. Yeah, no. We saw Kermit. We saw. So Kermit. is that They've all got... part of the Smithsonian or yeah, not? Yeah. So or... The Smithsonian's there's like it's, it's a complex of museums. Yeah, okay, there's they're all over the place and they're all free, which is really nice. But mm-hmm. it's like you don't have enough time oh, to do all. Did you go and see the airplanes and hunt for jet fire? Uh, we did do air and space, but um. I think if you watch the Transformers movie, you know how Jen mentioned there's two air and space museums. One's the Smithsonian, one's not. I think if I went back and watched Transformers, they kind of combo those into mm. one museum. Into one place. But I think the one we went to was the one that was in Night at the Museum. Yes. Mm. Yeah. But they have some so no jetfire. N- no, not no, no jetfire, no black. No Transformers. Either. We have to go back because really, there's we so only, much to see. We only yeah. managed to see like three museums out of the huge complex of museums. We didn't really get a chance to go and see any of the monuments or memorials. Yeah, because there was like a hurricane force storm that hit us. Oh, yeah. did you see like, the pictures of the flooding in Baltimore County? Yeah, uh, that's happened this week. I have a friend who lives there, oh, and yeah. the creek beside her house is like Niagara Falls. Right yeah, now. I have a, it a, a the entire Facebook time we friend there. did 
that you know how you can check in from disaster. Oh, that's yeah. safe. Which yeah. isn't it horrible that Facebook has to include that? Like, I don't blame them. I think it's a cool thing, like a great thing to have. But it's horrible for our world well, that we now have a check-in system on our social media. To if you make... basically have a 50-50 shot of surviving a day at school. Yeah. Like. Yeah. So anyway. be, beyond Too that, real. Um, we, we did take advantage of uh, Toys R Us's, which are closing, unfortunately closing yeah. the U.S. And uh, I went to a couple game stores and comic book shops that I uh, w- figured yeah. I would point out if you're ever in the Virginia area. Um, there's a place in uh, Harrisonburg, Virginia called 8-Bit Oasis that mm-hmm. does retro video games. Okay. Very clean store, very easy to find stuff, great prices by the looks of things. The only thing I was leery on was um, when you buy used games, I like to have a return policy, which they have. I just am never going back there. Right. So it's... Well, yeah, it doesn't make sense for you to buy retro yeah. games there. Um, uh there was in uh, Charlottesville, there was a game store called The End Games that was great. It had a whole gaming section in the store, like for playing games, Warhammer, board games, card games. Um, they had, uh, they do have a used program as well. So if you buy a game you don't like, they they will purchase it from you and resell it, mm-hmm. uh, but they guarantee. Um, like if you say go to Value Village or something like that, they guarantee all the pieces are in it, right. all the parts. You're not buying like a little bit of a game. Um, I bought a role playing game book while I was there because I I fell in love with it, and that is my geek pick. So we'll get into it later. Okay. Um, but really good. They're they're in Charlottesville, which is. About an hour outside of where we were staying. Harrisonburg, Virginia. And uh, the last one I want to give, uh, the last two I want to give shouts out to are comic shops. And they're very different comic shops from one another. Um, the first is a place called Meridian Books and Games. So in, um, in Harrisonburg, they're trying to make their downtown core an arts area much like Hamilton has done in in our neck of the woods mm-hmm. uh, much like Barry is attempting Aurelia. to do Aurelia um so they're in the process this is very early in the process right and they have a building there that um there are only two stores in it one is this comic shop and the other is an art supply store and the rest of the building is like small little art galleries oh that's cool now this comic shop is a room <laughs> it's yeah. small right but they know what they're talking about. The guy, it's a good mix of artsy books and mainstream. Uh-huh. So you can buy your DC stuff there. You can buy your your uh, Marvel Spider-Man. stuff there. But you can also buy Fantagraphics books there. It's a really good mix of stuff. And the the guy who was working there, um, I believe it was his name was Vince. Um, it was either I think it was Vince. Um, very knowledgeable on his stuff. He's reading. He also reads a wide variety of everything too. Like he's mainly an image guy right now, but there's some Marvel stuff and some DC stuff. He's he's keeping an eye on. And um, the shop was like for the size of it, very well run, and that's and very friendly. We had two we had two or three kids in there with us tearing the store apart, and he was putting up with it. <laughs> um, so yeah, that they're in they're in Harrisonburg. And the last was, um, it's called Atlas Comics, and it's in Charlottesville as well. It's a, it's a little bit more of your traditional comic book store, 
Um, some of the back issue stuff was a little hard to go through, but they had a nice clearance area and the guy who was working there at the time that I went in friendly as anything. Um, I witnessed him, um, uh, when we went in, oddly, it was a lot of moms and grandmas buying books for their kids (laughs) who had become interested via one of the latest Marvel movies. In this particular case, this kid had uh, seen Infinity War, and that's what he wanted to read. So he had brought the trade to the, the front, and I guess the, the clerk had figured out, okay, this is why he is. And it's like, well, are you looking for the story that the movie's based on? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, kid, this isn't it. <laughs> the, this, the movie is based on the Infinity Gauntlet, and he brought the trade over. And the Infinity Gauntlet trade is cheaper than the Infinity War trade. So he had sacrificed the sale, basically, yeah, to make sure the kid got what he wanted. Yeah. So it it was... Uh, the, the geeky spots were pretty cool. It's Are you going to talk about that one store that you visited? With- you said, oh, You okay. teased me on the weekend yeah. with, with well, a story. I'm not going to because I don't like shitting on stores, but um, one of the areas of Virginia we went to, um, one of the guys we, we vacationed with, is big into board games and uh, tabletop RPG games. So we sought out some of those stores. And there was one from the onset of us finding it online. I looked at the pictures and went, this is some woman's hippie store. (laughs) And a husband or a son who is helping out with it said, well, I want to sell board games because I like board games. And they got like a shelf. And sure enough, that's what the store was. We walked in and there was crystals of all kind and like sage packages to burn for whatever you burn sage for and all that sort Keeps of stuff. Keeps the spirits away. There was peace flags up in the back and this older lady. She was very nice. But my friend, she's like, well, do you have any questions or anything? And my friend is like, well, I have a couple game questions. At which point, she she's sitting at the, the front cash desk. She looks up and goes, Daryl! <laughs> and, and I look up, and I notice there's a hole in the ceiling. It's kind of covered by a, a flag of some sort that is sort of draped, so you can still see the hole. Yeah. But if you're right underneath it, you wouldn't. And from above, we hear... Why? <laughs> There's some guy here who wants to hear about games. And this, I call him a kid, but he's probably in his 20s, comes down. He's like, so uh, what's your question? And it turned out it was the, the older lady's son. So I was like dead off with my <laughs> And to be fair, he knew his stuff. But it was like, it was Just like something you situation see out of a was, sitcom. Because yeah. <laughs> oh. they communicated through, through a, a hole. floor. <laughs> 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 you would have thought he would just come down. But it was low. no, it was like, Daryl, yeah. what? <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Yeah, it was it was an okay stop, but it was it would not be anything I would recommend to just buy anything there. No, there is. um, Daryl came downstairs for nothing. Yeah, their selection wasn't bad, but it was like literally it was pants on and everything. (laughs) And that's a real struggle. I know. 
I barely put pants on to come here. I'm wearing shorts, so they're not technically well, not pants. I, I, don't, I don't know if we're quite at that level of friendship yet, Ryan. Well, he, <laughs> I recorded he last pod. let everybody know that the last podcast was recorded in his underwear. Yeah. That is true. <laughs> I just averted my eyes. Well, that's part of the reason I have a, you know, a buzzer door at my a condo. A couple of the special episodes where I recorded entries that I was in pajamas. I'm there not going to say which ones, though. But yeah, I so have been fully clothed for every episode of this podcast. The, Just putting that out there. The only <laughs> semi-geeky thing I didn't get to do, and it's just we ran out of time, is about 20 minutes to half an hour from where we were staying was Cooter's Dukes of Hazard Museum. <laughs> um, I messaged our good friend Snowhawk Cosplay because he is a fan of the Dukes of Hazard, and he happened to be in Virginia about the same time. And he had he too had seen the billboards. <laughs> Apparently, there was a couple of them. That could. So um, Nate, uh, who has been on our show uh, yeah. a couple times, he lives in Virginia. Unfortunately, he lives on the opposite the side, side of, the, of state. the state. So I text him. Well, technically, it's not a state; it's a commonwealth. Like how? Oh, <laughs> is it okay? So I text Nate and like. You didn't tell me Cooter's Dukes of Hazard Museum was in your fair state for shame, like jokingly. Yep. To which he got me back with like, "Oh, you mean <laughs> Governor Cooter?" <laughs> and I looked it up, and apparently, uh, the actor who played Cooter on Dukes of Hazard was a governor for a number of years for the state of Virginia. Nice. So I, I didn't look up because I'm I'm almost positive. I think at least one of those terms he shared at the same time that um, Gopher from Love Boat served. Oh, he was a yeah, he was a senator, senator though. But same time period, which is kind of awesome. But that's that's the only geeky thing we didn't get to do really in that area. Oh darn! But uh, yeah, it was a fun trip. Yeah. I'd recommend Virginia's beautiful state. Yeah, Virginia's it's gorgeous. Especially they the, say it's for lovers. Oh, not with we'll us. We'll find out in nine months. No, <laughs> no, we won't because our room was two single beds, twin size beds, twin pushed twin. together. No. Yeah, we had to flip them over. They were so uncomfortable. And in the room next to ours, and in the room across from ours. Are you on vacation? You don't need the bed. <laughs> Actually, that's funny because the beds were so uncomfortable. We ended up sleeping on the floor. Yeah, yeah. there you go. See. <laughs> My back was out for an entire day. Oh, oh it was that crazy, eh? Yeah. Holy. So, um, enough about Mr. Inappropriate. About uh, I recommend. <laughs> <laughs> You're horrible. I try. Um, Someone around here has to be. Come on. So, uh, you can't all be nice guys. That, that was our trip. I'd recommend if you, if you happen to be in the state, check it out. There's lots of cool stuff to do or go over to Washington, D.C., the nice thing about the Smithsonian's is they're all free. So all Walk you up to, to the White House and in. flip them off. Uh, we didn't get that close to the White House. Uh, we saw it as we were running past it in that torrential downpour. <laughs> oh, hey, wait. Trump lives there. Keep going. No, he doesn't. Saw, the, saw a Congress and it was like, yeah, that's really good architecture. What was it Dan said? Was that like the? It's, it's amazing. Built, it stands up on a foundation of BS or something. Uh, like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So we got back from our trip and immediately went and saw a movie with you guys. <laughs> yes, you yep. did. So uh, should we talk about Deadpool first because it's the older of the movie, or should we talk about Solo because it's fresh in our minds? That was such a good segue. Yeah, we'll do Deadpool first. Okay, Deadpool. Um, so you guys obviously saw it before we did. Yes. We Spoiler saw warning. it on the Friday oh, yes. opening weekend. Spoiler warning. We're going to ruin Deadpool and Solo. Yeah. 
Stop now. And tune in later for Geek Picks. The biggest mistake we made was going to Swiss Chalet for dinner. Oh, my God. So I, it, it got... Ryan, did it get you too? Or no, no, it's not as bad. That's, that's like, what happened to us when we went to Swiss. Now, did you order the quarter chicken dinner? Yeah, that's what I had. It it's like the allegedly Swiss Chalet. I don't want a lawsuit. No. I had. Well, let's see. I ate the quarter chicken dinner, got in my car, pulled out of the parking lot, and then prayed not to hit a red light before I got to the movie theater. Ooh, wow. I had the taco chicken poutine. Yeah, it wasn't. You at least ate at home. Oh no, mine. Yeah, no, I did both. Anyway, so enough about that. Yeah. Well, then we went and saw Deadpool, and it was a movie. <laughs> so does that mean you didn't like it? Or no, I liked it. Was it. Okay. I, liked it. I never saw the first Deadpool in theaters. Deadpool's never been one of my favorite characters. No, I can understand that. So, uh, so yeah, I, I mean, I didn't have anything against it going in, but I didn't have any expectations for it, and mm-hmm. I had a good time. I enjoyed it. I thought, you know, it's, I enjoyed it. Probably as much as the first one, you know, maybe a little less because the first one, it's everything's it's brand new, it's new. concept. Yeah. And, but, you know, it was what I was hoping for, what I expected from the Deadpool movie. Like, he, you know, broke the fourth wall. There were some funny jokes. There were some dirty jokes. There was some violence. It's what you expect. A lot of violence. Well, it's what you expect in a Deadpool movie. Some unexpected things happened. Like, I didn't expect pretty much all of X-Force to get killed off. Oh, God, that was hilarious. In spectacular fashion. Oh, that was so funny. So, um, Jen? Oh, I I enjoyed it. I mean, I have absolutely no connection to Deadpool outside of these two movies at all. And I think he made some cameos on one of the Spider-Man cartoons we watched. Oh, yeah, he's been in a few of the different ones before. That's all I know about Deadpool. Um, I actually, I think I... Hasn't shown up in Squirrel Girl? Not in the current run of Squirrel Girl. Oh, okay. Um, I, I actually really liked this movie. I thought it was very funny, and I think I like it better than the first one. Really? Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, the first one, maybe it's just been a long time since I've seen the first one, but I liked that this movie was more about Wade and less about Deadpool, and it was more about him. Um, I like it when there's new characters coming in and they keep it fresh, and it... The first movie to me just seemed like gratuitous violence and breaking the fourth wall and, you know, I'm trying to remember it because it's been such a long time. There was a plot, but it wasn't like that important. It was him getting revenge. Yeah. yeah. This one. Over Francis. Was still him getting revenge, sort of. Yep. But it was also, it was more character development and it was more mm-hmm. about him and about his relationship and about his, and I like that in movies. I like to know how the people are working and not just things blow up and people get shot. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why I like the second one a little better. I love Domino. Oh, she oh, was she amazing. Was and I loved how... The Luck's not a power. Yes, that was it's great. It's not cinematic at all. And I, and I was just about to say, I love how they did the cinematics oh, for does. her power. <laughs> yeah. I, love, I love when they do, in any kind of thing, when they do cause and effect. So, you know, like one thing triggers something else and it does this whole cause to reach the destination, which was basically her power. And I think they did a really good job of that. Um... The kid was annoying. I didn't really like the kid, Russell. Mm. Oh, uh, Fire Fist. Yeah. Yeah, but he was kind of also made to be that way, right? He yeah. was meant to be annoying. He was. Yeah. And he's uh, apparently he is based on a comic book character, mm-hmm. huh. but it was changed so much that Bob Layton, the I think it was Bob Layton, the guy who created him, did not realize that's who it was until oh, wow. like until they, they finally that said that line his name. popped up. And, like, I guess he gets, like, a thank you credit somewhere yeah. in the movie or something like that. He's like, what to Deadpool? Apparently one of my characters is in it. <laughs> and, and I liked the Vanisher. 
Oh, yeah, I, I love that, the... that was probably the best <laughs> joke, like gag in the movie. Yeah, I, I found it very funny. I enjoyed it. And what was the other guy's name? Phil? Was it Peter? No, Peter. 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 The one. But it had, was it... the big, the big supposed reveal that everybody said, "Oh, it's Pete Wisdom from." Because the Gallagher. photo said Pete Peter W, but the photo wasn't the same guy. If you see it, it's like this. I, I thought like it was, photo. but it's how he normally looks. Like his, he doesn't look that dumpy. He on. gained a lot of weight for that. Yeah. Role. Well, so it might have been yeah. the real life same guy, but yeah, like the photo With versus Rob Delaney, the, he's a like the Peter, actor. like you said, looked yeah. you know, he's a bigger, you know, a, yeah. a fatter guy, like a stockier guy, versus the photo looked more like your like more like a like a British like a, a spy, yeah. like yeah. you know, nice suit. And, and you know, he's so one of those Peter guys. He's, he's a transplant comedian, isn't he? He like he was like a, you see, he's in English. He's an American actor that who's got a was, British uh, sitcom. He can yeah. make like flame knives or something. Because oh. we've he's seen like him. He's like a spy and stuff. We've seen him on Travel Man. Okay. Yeah, he was on one of the episodes, but you'd, you'd never know it. Yeah. Apparently. What, I can't, what's the name of his? He's he's in a British sitcom where he has a one-night stand. He's an American guy. He's had a one-night stand with a British girl. And he's about to leave for to go home to America when he discovers she's pregnant. So he ends up staying. Yeah. And uh, actually, that sounds kind of good. Yeah, hey, yeah. It's very. Hey, I, no, I'm I told saw, it's very good. I can't I saw remember that the title show. of it though. Dharma from Dharma and Greg was in it, and it was terrible. <laughs> it was the same show. Oh well. Uh, yeah. Anyway, he's a one night stand. Ends up getting pregnant. Guy feels guilty. Moves in with her. Shenanigans, but it was terrible. This isn't the. This is this is the same show or the? That, I'm confused. That's the Darman Greg. That's Darman. The, the Dharma show. Right. What's her name? Jenna Elfman. Not right. the British one. He's Not the British about. one. Same but it plot, sounds like a very similar right. plot. Um, I liked it. It yeah. was. I think it's like because given mm-hmm. Ryan Reynolds has gone on record in interviews saying that he doesn't want to do a Deadpool three, that he'd prefer to do an X Force movie next, and that that will kind of be calling it a day and I kind of think that's the best way to go right. like I thought the jokes were funny in this but it's like okay but yeah, I, I get it's it better when yeah. he has people on screen with him like not now he's got a, a cast of characters yeah. not only that but I think by like Deadpool 4 it'd be like just kicking yeah. the horse dead <laughs> even deader than that's what was. all Deadpool 4 is going to be is just him kicking a dead horse, <laughs> horse. <laughs> but um, that'll be a gag in Deadpool 3 yeah I did like what you were saying like that his the fact that he's not going on like necessarily a murderous rampage. He's trying to, his... to find himself. Yeah. Like, like he keeps saying, he's like, I killed everybody except for one. And the one person he didn't kill who was responsible who's, who's, for yep. his girlfriend's death was himself. So it's really, yeah, it, it was, it's all about him trying to come to grips with himself again. And make sure he's put his heart in the right place. Yeah. yeah. So now on to the really spoilery bits of the movie because I've got questions. Okay. So now, so when your favorite character that you were looking forward to oh, made his appearance and jumped out of the helicopter <laughs> only to or the plane, I or whatever they jumped I out to land into the helicopter. Of course, it's dumb, <laughs> but it's fun and it brought me back into comics full time. Well, and when he got chopped up, I turned to Kevin and said. Brent's not going to be happy about this. I was he'd at least get a chance to stab somebody. I laughed my head off. He but did no, nothing. I did, to be fair, though, I did laugh at like the fact oh, that bet. everybody's dying within minutes. Um, no, the question I had, so when that first point where um, Deadpool's in the X-Mansion, mm-hmm. and he complains, like, where is everybody? Oh, and yeah. we see the cameo. <laughs> of the whole. Okay. They're yep. all there. Well, who's there? We I only caught... <coughs> Excuse me. I caught Beast, Beast 
and Quicksilver. Yeah, those are the two I caught too. Is there anybody else in there? Like it just I sort think of from what I read, like Cyclops is there, and maybe Jean was Xavier like, there because they. Oh, it's actually, yeah, I think. Um, McAvoy as Xavier was, it was w- is part of the because I read an interview or quote talking to I guess the guy who plays Quicksilver and I guess they did a few different takes and there's one that's a little more inappropriate but they don't say how, why it's inappropriate because they were shooting Dark Phoenix around the same time so it's it wouldn't have been that hard well though, apparently they got them all too, in, right? they got them in a room and said well here we got to film something for Deadpool and they just kind of. Did a few different takes. Yeah. And I thought that was absolutely fantastic because that was a gag in the first movie. It was like, oh, why are you guys the only people in this giant mansion? I've never seen it. And now it's because they don't the want to see Gink The two guys in the pickup truck? One's Alan Tudyk, I and saw And the that. other was Matt Damon. Oh, was it? The one giving all the advice about wiping and, and oh, toilet paper. And wow. Because <laughs> I caught Alan Tudyk's name in the credit. I didn't see who the other one was. So I fi- and I figured, okay, it's got to be somebody else. No, but okay. uh, So the X-Men that were there were Xavier, Beast, Quicksilver, Cyclops. Okay, that's what it was. Um, I want Deadpool to make a cameo in the Dark Phoenix one. We also got a a ton of mutant cameos of characters that are no longer alive. Um, Black Tom Cassidy showed up, which was oh, I was so was when they when they actually killed him off, I was totally surprised. I was who like, is that? he was the guy Juggernaut's, in the cage. No, yeah, no, but who he, was his he, character? He used to be Juggernaut's partner. Yeah, they're oh. they're got, like buddies. He's got plant powers or something, kind of like. Uh, well, he get, no, he, he was able yeah. to. Okay, so here's the the semi racism of Marvel Comics. He got plant powers later on. Originally, he was able to channel. Energy bolts through his shillelagh. Yeah, he's. What's a shillelagh? The the Irish like beating stick or something. Okay. Um, he's also he's a cousins with uh Banshee and Siren. Oh, okay. So he's in that. He's an I- Irish mutant. Because every Irish mutant apparently are all related. From the same family it makes sense. It's yep. genetics. Everybody uh, in Ireland's related, isn't that how it works? But, I don't know. The the, the kind Kevin. of the the kind of good thing bad thing is the minute he showed up was the minute I knew who the other big, huge cameo was. And I had no idea. I you was had like, no this idea. better not be a freaking sentient gorilla. It not I dawned on me that it was. I had, heard, I had heard or read some rumors or heard some things because once they said, yeah, the Black Tom Cassidy was in the film, that people were speculating that, yeah, the juggernaut was going to be making an appearance. And then there was speculation. It's in one of the trailers. You see the point where uh, Colossus is punching Juggernaut's yeah. head, and people started to say, oh, well, you can tell by what he's, the thing that he's punching looks like Juggernaut's helmet, and I, that's my I internet I like the redesign of Juggernaut for that movie. I really thought it was kind of cool. I, it was I cool, make but it also custom. kind of, under, like the at least, they didn't really get the flesh right on the, it was all CG, and it was kind yeah. of, he, you could tell he was all CG. Yeah, that was great. Now, stay tuned for a really good CG fight. <laughs> yeah. That was funny. Uh, I thought Josh Brolin was great as Cable. Oh, yeah. Cable oh, yeah. Nope. I like the Hope tag of his daughter yeah. being named Hope. Why, why is that special? Hope is reincarnated Jean Grey. Oh, no. Why is or, everybody no, reincarnated no, Jean well, Grey? Well, no. Okay, who's Hope then? Hope was just the... She was the first mutant born oh. after there was no more mutants being born. Oh. Okay. Everybody yeah, speculated she was the reincarnation of Jean Grey because she's a redhead. Right. And but so Cable, if you're a female yeah, in the X-Men universe, you then are you gotta be in Jean some Grey. way related to Jean Grey. Well, oh, so Cable is, green, is Jean and Scott's son. Well, right? no. 
I know. No, it's not Gene. Pryor's. Oh, this is Gene's clone. Scott and Madeline. Scott and Gene's clone son. Yeah. But so Hope was the first mutant born after the mutants weren't being born anymore. And then after after Wanda said no more mutants. And then there was this whole the X Men wanted to get her the what were Avengers. Well, the Avengers, but there was what's the the bad guys that hunt mutants? um, The Marauders. Yeah, the ones that were in Logan. With them, the Marauders? Oh, uh, the Reavers. The Reavers. Reavers. They were going, and then Cable showed up. And he got her and was on the run with her. And Is that then, why he had a baby strapped to him? That's why he had a baby strapped. That was oh. Hope. So he took off into the future with her and raised her in the future and then came back. And I like that, like, I like that touch of the teddy bear with, yeah. on his costume. Uh, I thought, and like, it made sense in the end, too. Like, mm-hmm. it wasn't just a gag. Yeah. Um, on a whole, like his des- the design is like the that what was it Soldier X, that that run of Cable where it was I he was more of like a world soldier. And yeah. it, it's Igor Cordry, I think, was the artist on the book at the time. And I, I like that. that they you know they introduced him. He's from the future, and they never got into the complicated yeah. son of Jean, uh, the clone of Jean Grey and cyclops any of that bullshit the only thing they should have done with that was they should have uh if they were going to do that that's where you get like an animated scene or like oh, the, one the of the deadpool's drawing cartoons yeah. explaining it <laughs> yeah and just leave it at that but i'm yeah you're, i'm glad but it's like they didn't touch it, it they didn't do it, it. you didn't necessary. need it no it wasn't necessary for the plot of the movie yeah overall um i like good if you didn't like deadpool you're not gonna like deadpool too no, no, for it's, sure. Yeah, it's like don't even bother. Um, if you liked Deadpool, you'll probably like this. It's just, um, I, I think this is, is. I don't know where they go from here uh, because the the box office has been solid. Like it had a really good opening, but then and Solo, came Solo came out and it got dropped down to number two. So, and I'm not sure if Deadpool will get released in China. I doubt it. I don't know how many rated R movies yeah. make it to China. I also did really like the James Bond style opening with the Celine <laughs> with the Dion credits. song. Oh. Did well, you read I the totally credits? Well, and yes. I totally forgot that that's From the same the, thing they did for the first one, right? Yeah. They did the slow motion with the funny names and the yeah. No, but these ones, it was like, uh, what was the first one? Was something like directed by one of the two? Wait dudes. a minute, and then the no. next one said produced by. Did they kill her? And yeah. then the next one, said, it was like. There yeah. was a little conversation for the first couple of slides. Yeah, I, I like really when funny. they got into the credits and the director was listed <laughs> as one of the two guys who killed, killed John, John Wick's dog. dog. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, he's he the, was the director. For he, that, wasn't well, he? he was the uncredited director. Oh, he okay. did all the uh, second unit stuff and the uh, the action choreography. So, but due to DGA rules, rules, he didn't get. But he's the guy who directed Atomic Blonde, okay. which is why which is why I think the, that young Skarsgård who played Zeitgeist, he was in Atomic Blonde as, uh, I can't remember what his character was. He's the thin guy who looks like he's sick. <laughs> he's one of the, the, the many. The one who spit yeah. that, what? Are you talking about in Deadpool? No, in Atomic Blonde. Oh. I don't remember anybody's name no, in Atomic okay. Blonde. So They had names in Atomic Blonde? Yeah, I'm sure he John Goodman. John Goodman. Yeah. As himself. So Deadpool 2 has made uh, worldwide, uh, in the two weeks it's been open, $499,445,548. Well, I imagine uh, that's made sense. Okay, so it probably did okay, because I think its budget was like around two, two hundred million. I think so. Because they wanted to try and keep it somewhat low. Yeah. And then, well, I heard through a friend of ours who's 
got a relative that's like Ryan Reynolds stand in. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he was posting on our, one of our friends' Facebook pages, uh, answering questions about, you know, some different on set stuff. And I guess that whole Domino's whole sequence when she jumps out and goes through and like lands and go jumps up and, and ends up in the truck. Yeah. Was changed. Because that's the that's sequence when the, the, when the, stunt, the driver stunt driver died on the motorcycle yeah. during filming. So they just like, <laughs> apparently she lands and then has to get in, was originally, then got on a motorcycle and did all this other stuff, but they just cut that all out because of the death, which totally makes sense. Yeah. So where does that, where the, the end of the film, where does that leave us? So, apparently okay. it's canon. It, it is canon. So all of these changes that were made with the time travel device. Well, the one that matters to the movie, the is Green canon. Lantern, yes, never happened. That one. What, right? what were you talking about? Deadpool. Yeah, I don't know. I've never. Ryan Reynolds scene? has only ever played one. There's only ever been in Deadpool. Right. What are you talking about? Speaking of which, I laughed my oh, ass off when he killed the funny. other Deadpool. Yeah. <laughs> I, like it's a gag, but the minute I saw him show up, and then, like and then he, just, like, plugs he him. just keeps shooting. Yeah, that's bad. And then like plugs him a couple more <laughs> times. So if him going back in time and fixing stuff is canon, does that mean his girlfriend is still alive? That's the part yes. that's canon. Ha. <laughs> Awesome. So the whole reason but for at that least movie. He's learned shit. And, and, and cables in in theory, cables storyline is still intact, so his kids are still alive. And that you know, at the end of X Force, Wade gives him the time travel device, and he's all good. Yeah. I kind of wonder what an X Force movie is going to be about. If they do it, yeah. you know, it's, they will always promote a sequel, even if it never happens. And Jugger, Juggernaut's not dead because he was climbing out of the pool at the end. <laughs> My favorite running <laughs> gag in the whole movie was, "Hi, cameo." Yeah. Me too. Oh, okay, so that is one of the things that, like, one of the semi-serious points I want to make about this movie is, for me, out of all the movies out there, Deadpool 2 has one of the best examples of how to treat a gay relationship, is, yeah, we're dating, oh, you're so cute, done, yeah. you don't make, it's it's normal, it's yeah. like, yeah, it's don't a make an deal. issue out of, out of it. Don't make crass jokes about it. Other, don't like, make them have to make out every time they're yeah. together. <laughs> they're, they're, no. they're just, they're just mention about how cute couple. they look because they're a teenage couple. It's oh, you guys are so cute together. And I well, love it's that more how too. cute the the uh, what's her name? Hi, Kenyo. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, she just, is his, like his, she is like ah, his interactions and with Negus. Like, I like him. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then just the the interaction between. Deadpool and Negasonic Teenage teenage Warhead uh, continued from the same, you know, their interactions continued from the first movie. And it's just like, you can totally tell they've got the whole big brother, little sister vibe going on. Where it's like, she, in the first movie, is like, totally ignore him, thinks he's an idiot. And by the end of it, she's like, okay, you're kind of. And I kind of wish she had more to do because she was one of my favorites. That's what my only complaint was that, yeah, I wanted to see more. As much as I loved that they built up the relationship between Deadpool and Colossus, I wish that she had been in the movie a little more. Yeah. And and Colossus was still good. uh, And more than anything else, Colossus looks like Colossus in that. He looks like the the, 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 the everyone that I loved as a kid. He never changed out of his metal form. No, because he's just all CG. I don't think he did in the first one. No, no, no. He's always in his metal form. He loses a tooth in this one. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And then he starts to fight dirty. That's the best. And he swears. I like when he's lying there. He's like, say fuck. (laughs) And he's like, oh, you're going to hell now. (laughs) 
But uh, like, I love the yellow, the yellow overshirt that said "Trainee." Yeah. The I fact know. that they made him wear and it's a totally and now it's bunched I'm up at the back. Yeah. Trainee because of his swords. Yeah, <laughs> it's a total throwback to that blue and yellow costume that he wore when he was an X Man. Yeah. Right? If they make that into a T-shirt, I'm totally buying one. That says X Man <laughs> well, on I the front it, and Trainee on the yeah, back. I thought it was like a football practice jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah, it's the same. That's it's like the, the little jerseys you put on in gym class when you're yeah. making two teams, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so, like, as I was saying, like, it's, like... It, it was fun. I think that's how the, you should treat gay relationships in movies. Oh, yeah. So it's, yeah. like, treat it as normal, because that's what it is. Yeah. It's just... It's how you should treat gay relationships in everyday life, too. Yeah. Is this yeah. the only superhero movie that's had a gay relationship featured in it? I want to say yes. I think so. Yeah, it could hey, be. Hey, listeners, correct us if we're wrong. Yeah, the, uh, well, I could be wrong. The, we've seen it in TV. Uh, with um, Supergirl, Supergirl, and uh, what's her face on Legends? Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah. White Canary. Yep. Yeah. In the comics, it seemed to me like I mean I didn't read any of the comics about this, but it seemed to me like they always made it like a big event, like ooh, our characters are gay and they're getting well, married. no, yeah. well, well Nick, that's the publishers making yeah. it a big event. In the comic itself, it's never really a huge event. It's yeah. like oh, you're gay, well, okay. Yeah. Except for some of them, you know, the odd time where it's like well, North Star was a pretty big deal when he came yeah. out. He yells it as he's punching a superhero dressed as a Mountie. <laughs> sure I, was, I was joking. That was Major Maple Leaf? No, Major Maple Leaf. Major Maple uh, <laughs> Wow. I, I love it when we come across <laughs> these oh God, shitty... When, when, did, when did we get a Marvel Legend oh figure of that one? When, when, when we come across these shitty parts of Marvel history <laughs> that Jen and that was Rosalie that Ryan has... Comedy run of Alpha Flight. No, that was before yeah. that. That was the Scott Lodell like '90s like image ripoff era. Uh, yeah, Jen's looking. Up He's, the he is in the the comedy run you're talking about yeah. though. Um, but yeah, no, that the the reveal of North Star was like that was serious. It was yeah. and during a fight. Aw, he's not funny anymore. This one's kind of funny. <laughs> Okay, he just looks like a Mountie. Yeah, he's yeah. a Mountie. He's like uh, a jacked Mountie, Mountie he is jacked. from what I remember. I was well, he, the, that picture almost looks kind of Liefeld. Uh, there, did there's anybody... his, I guess, updated look. No, that uh, kind of looks like Captain Canuck. Yeah. Yeah. So um, did anybody else Major catch the Stan Lee cameo? Oh, my God. Uh, I think we did. What I don't he's remember, though. He's on the, one of the buildings. That's right. Like, it's a big wall mural. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think it's as they're parachuting in. I oh, could be maybe I'm making him into know. a Sims character. But uh, have the I know we, well, you already told us you laughed, and we were like the only people in the theater that laughed oh, about the, the, the Liefeld joke. joke. It's like you were created by some guy that can't draw feet. And it's like, oh, my God. She's scratching the chair. That was just, that was too funny. So from Deadpool... We go to Solo, Solo, a movie that had a very troubled production that um, I think it's safe to say for all four of us, none of us had any expectations going no, in. None at all. No. I, nope. And uh, I think it's also safe to say that uh, we all thought it was fun. It was yep. fun. Pleasantly surprised. I was more than happy. And, you know, like... Uh, well, like Ed told us, or told me, when he, I knew my only expectation going into because I was kind of worried, like everybody else, like, okay, well, what's this going to be? It's like, eh, well, as long as it's Star Wars, I'll probably like it. Uh, but uh, Ed was, uh, he was, you know, and I'm pretty sure he might have said it on here. He was not a, a fan of the idea, didn't see wh- why we were, you know, didn't know why we were going to be getting this movie. Uh, he saw it the Thursday night it came out. He, he sent me a text and he's like, yeah, he loved it. 
and so if he was impressed by it, I was like, oh, well, then it can't be that bad. I think it's got that vibe that Ed loves, too. It's yeah. it's a 70s heist movie. Yeah. Right? It's very swashbuckling. Yeah. That, that's... And it, and that, yeah, I enjoyed that, that all of yeah, it. Yeah, it's got that like sort of dirty 70s vibe to I, it. Too. I have noticed... Um, now, Ed went kind of on record on our show about Last Jedi that um, he liked it, but he, he didn't like it as much as some of us did. And I've noticed that the people who didn't like Last Jedi that much or did like didn't like it at all. They seem to be the people who really, really like this movie. Mm-hmm. And I can understand that. This is much more the adventure that yeah. than yeah. Last Jedi was. I, I I mean I liked it. It wasn't not, it's not my favorite Star Wars oh, by no. far. No. I mean I liked it better than the prequels. <laughs> well, technically, it is another prequel. Well, right? like the one, two, <laughs> yeah. episodes one, two, three. It was a story but, we didn't need to be told, but in the telling, it was fine. It was it like I'm not upset about anything that was revealed no. in this movie. It doesn't destroy the mystique of Han Solo. For no, me, not yeah. really. With the exception of how he got the name Solo. Uh, that's that, what I was just going to say. The whole the fact that you know it's not a family reveal. name that it's just like, oh, you're yeah. alone. Oh, but Solo. Because I was like, when he when that happened, I was like, oh, I guess he doesn't know his parents, right? That's why he doesn't. But have he mentions name. that he knows but at least his dad. He talks about his dad. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, so you did have parents that you knew. You weren't orphaned or abandoned like so young that you don't remember them. So why don't you know your last name? Like everybody yeah. in the Star Wars universe, it, has maybe a last name. who knows? Maybe it's one of these. You know, it's a continuity thing that they missed in all the different oh, re-filming and editing. And I did like that they they sometimes swerved when you didn't expect them to. Like there were things that we knew going in, uh, and by we I mean longtime Star Wars fans. We knew about the Kessel Run. We yep. knew about the Sabic game that he yep. won the, the Falcon on. So the first time we see him playing Sabic... Oh, I totally was like, like wow, he's going to win the, the Falcon this early in the movie? And okay. then he doesn't. Yeah, no. yeah. And we're like, whoa. So. And then we find out that Lando was cheating. Yeah. <laughs> so, so at that moment, you're like, is Han just all bluster, right? Like, all of these stories Han's told through the other movies... Is it all just talk and yeah. he never was that guy? Which to a certain extent is true. Yeah. Right? Well, we haven't seen him become the scoundrel, really. He's this it, is the start of his scoundrelly? Yeah. Like he hasn't started working for Jabba yet. No. He hasn't gone on any jobs on his own. Yeah. No. I think for me, I, as much as I enjoyed this movie, it was for me it was all about the uh, outside characters. Mm-hmm. Like Han Solo was fine and I, I thought that... Um, all, whatever his name is, the actor. Alden Ehrenreich. Yeah, he did a great job. And I could see uh, bits of Harrison Ford, like mannerisms and stuff coming in, even a little bit, or at least of, of Han Solo. But, I mean, for me, what I got out of this movie was, I want to know Kira's story. Mm-hmm. I I want to know what the hell happened that's to her That's something I really hope years. they do a book on. Well, yeah. that's They're another, not going to explore it as a I movie. I want to know what happened to her that was so bad that she would give up the love of her life, who she clearly still has feelings for, after she defeats the guy who apparently enslaved her, and she would still go on that path when That's, she has an obvious. See, I'm out. not sure she does still love Han. Well, exactly. I, I like, or does I, I'm she? like, uh, That's another another character that sort of diverts your expectations too, right? Like you saw that poster, and there were all those characters on it, and you knew that this girl was the love of Han Solo's life, but yet we know she's not the love of Han yeah. Solo's life because he goes on to marry a princess. She's the love so of, of young Han Solo. Of all the characters on that poster, 
you thought, well, she's going to be the one that dies because he, her death is going to send him off. And that's the expectation you have going in. She's the only one who lives. All yeah. the rest of them yeah, die. Actually, yeah. you know, it's kind of funny. It's the same with the Deadpool. Kind of with Deadpool is all the characters you think are going to stick around die all very die. quickly. Yeah. So, like, Val and... Uh, John Fodderborough's yeah. Monkey Man guy. Rio. And uh, yeah. Beckett. He was pretty cool. Yeah. You know, those are the characters like, oh, they look interesting and we know nothing about them. We, like, they're, they're very important to Han's life. They all die. Yeah. I, and and the, the girl who you think, oh, well, her death's going to send him off on this careening path, she's still alive. Yep. Yeah. I really, I really want to know her story. And she's, she's... They've set it up so we yeah. could get a story about... Her criminal. So it yeah. will be. It. I will say it is. Will be. <laughs> it will be criminal if somebody doesn't do something with her. Well, yeah. I know a she's got a forces a of destiny. Or, uh, there's a forces of destiny. I saw the cartoon oh, before I saw the movie, and something like I had no idea who this person was, yeah. and so I, th- I was trying to think. Oh, did I? Is this supposed to be like Jin or something? That's who I thought it was. I'm like, well, no, it's not Jin. And then they went Kira, and I'm like, I'm like who the fuck's Kira? I'm like, well. And then it dawned on me that I'd, I'd heard the name that Kira was. Like, oh. And the other the other character that I really wanted to know more about was the the Marauder girl. <coughs> yeah. I don't, I don't um, remember her name at all. Oh, she was adorable. Uh, Shrek's or Shrek, what's the name uh, of the I'm trying to remember the name of the toy. Was, yeah. yeah. So anyway, like her story. I mean, I, I it's great that they're introduced. And her in mom this wore the helmet first, so yeah. I was almost like so then and how did, at what point how in the movie was the she re- like was her mom the one during the that one yeah. yeah, during the, the heist? heist. That's what I figured. How do they fit into the rebellion? Because she's amassing people from all over who have been impacted by this. By the different drug lords. By the, and well, we know like that. the empire. And how do they all fit into it's the rebellion? It's a different, yeah, another cell. We know in Rogue One that, and from reading the, the stuff that leads up to Rogue One, and that the rebellion rebels. is, a, and rebels, yeah. is the rebellion is made up of a bunch of little rebellions. And but finally at Rogue unite, One, so. they kind of unite. Yeah. yeah. So like, this movie, I'm like, yeah, Han Solo's all great, but to me, he was more of the character who brings together these other new characters that I want to know about. Her name was Enfys Ness. Enfys yeah. Ness. Enfys yeah. Ness. So the the one thing with that was at, uh, that reveal at the towards the end of the movie where we find out like it's been two different characters. Before that, when because they say oh they're pirates and marauders, part of me was like. Why didn't they put Hondo in here from Rebels oh, yeah. and from mm. Clone Wars? Yeah, because it would have been so Aww, easy to Hondo do. He's great. CGI. You get the voice actor to do him, no problem. But but they weren't really rebel, pirates. In yeah, this as it turns out, like it, it, once we got the review, yeah. I'm like okay, that makes sense. Did you notice Tag and Bink in the movie? Who are they? I know they were they really. In, yeah. Yep, yeah. Ron Howard revealed them during like so it's uh, uh, yeah. screenwriter Jonathan Kasdan yeah. and first assistant director Toby Hefferman. Okay, now, so who where were they are in the movie? They? I don't know. Okay. All I know is they're in the movie. Yeah, I don't know where they are. They're the know. shot that it shows of them. They're dressed as Imperial officers. In, okay. in on Howard's Twitter feed, so it. it who knows? It might have been the scene that ended up being cut yeah. at the end of the day. Now, speaking of the look of the Empire, so when we see Han in the trenches, which was interesting, that you know we get that an, an, another viewpoint, another look. Like we haven't seen that type of warfare. It's the, the Empire with, trying to consolidate power, yeah, and then drop you know dropping at ats and or ATSTs down, and that looked really cool. But you know we have men on the ground, grunts on the ground on the battlefield. 
that weren't in all stormtrooper outfits. Yeah, yeah. Because Hans was like, you know, it's a helmet with it's goggles and yeah. like maybe a. a, a well, the helmet I most think of with the the STS drivers and the ADAT drivers, the 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 gray sort of helmet that just like you know there's the, well, the, the Adam, guy in uh, Empire uh, who is like you can make your landing now Lord Vader yeah. that dude he wears one of those helmets now what Tag I thought of were cut from the movie no. ah, uh, so there we go when I my when I thought like seeing those helmets and you see like the ones around him that didn't that that didn't have face or that had their faces covered if you look at the eyes the goggles very similar to uh, th- uh, to Kylo Ren's Kylo helmet Ren's, yeah with the the chrome on them yeah Almost the exact same pattern when you know, at least from a glance, watching it on the screen. I'm like, which made me wonder, is that where he took the idea for his helmet from? Was like, you know, I was like, I'll take this piece from this old imperial looking stuff, and you know, to when they designed his helmet. Yeah, who knows when they know? But I like the fact that we get Chewbacca doing stuff. He kicked serious ass. Yeah, this movie could have been called Chewbacca. He was awesome in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I really love the, the the relationship. Again, I always talk about the characters, but I really love the relationship that was between them. <laughs> I love the part where we find out that Han speaks a little bit of Wookiee. Yeah. We <laughs> never get subtitles for Chewbacca. Yeah. yeah. But when Han speaks Wookiee, you see how bad his grammar is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which I think is, is great. And the few complaints I've heard about that say, oh, well, if Han Solo speaks uh, whatever the... Wookie language is yeah. Uh, how come it's the f- he's never done it before? How come he doesn't do it when when it's he just the two? Of- well, because you know, Chewbacca understands English. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Han Solo, you know, speaks it horribly. But it, you know, the the person was like, you know, they, when they don't want other people to know what they're talking about, why don't they just talk? You know, use that. And it's like, well, maybe they have or will or do do that, but. And, they didn't have any points in these movies. And he, the reason he was speaking Wookiee was to get the Wookiee's trust. Yeah. Because yeah. the Wookiee understands English. Or basic. I mean, I'm sure other... lots of people have been thrown down into that pit. And yeah. said, oh, help me, help me, like, save me. Or, no, don't kill me, don't, don't kill eat me. me yeah. or, but, and, yeah. Um, Do you think Chewbacca's really eating people? Oh, yeah. yeah he ate a pork. Man. They're carnivores. <laughs> this guy eats something. Have eaten people, especially well, if he hadn't been fed in quite a while, he if might. That's have. literally the only thing that's being fed to him. I mean, you would eat a person too. So we learned that <laughs> Chewbacca was 190 years old. In this yeah, movie, that was yep. great. Which means he's well into his 220s by the time we get to mm-hmm. Force Awakens. <laughs> Um, and I, I guess we should also talk about Lando. Oh my God, the cape closet! Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it and, so uh, much. In some ways, I felt that that uh, his oh, why can't I think of the actor's name now? Donald, Glover. Donald, Donald Glover's, Glover's portrayal was so spot on. I love when it. he first when he first appears and you hear him talking. Yeah. It, it was, it, it was a almost forty five commercial. Oh, it, yeah. it almost sounded exactly the same. And it's the like, wow, does he, he ever... call them Han. Yeah. And, like, they make a point of him doing that. In, in some ways, he was so spot on as Billy D. Williams from 1978 that it took me out of the movie because oh, really? Alden Ehrenreich really? wasn't doing a oh. spot on, oh. uh, you know, a spot on Harrison Ford impression from 1978. Well, that was one of the uh, interviews that we watched um, where it was... Uh, I'm going to keep saying Danny Glover, but Donald Donald, Donald Glover uh, was on, I can't remember what night, late show, but he said he had asked 
Billy D. They sat down and had like a coffee kind of thing. And he was like, "Well, what should I do? Like, how should I act? What should I do? What did you like? Where did did you you think his parents were from?" Yeah. And Billy D. was like, "Dude, just relax. (laughs) Be charming. Just be charming. (laughs) (laughs) Like his his like. That's all you need to know. (laughs) Yeah. And the extent of his advice was be like, you know, just be a swab motherfucker and you're fine. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And that's exactly. Oh, it was. He was so good. He was great. The droid, his droid L3 kind of annoyed the hell out of me. Well, really? we can get into yeah. the stuff that we didn't like about it. I can well, tell see, you. I enjoyed the droid it, and, and her, you know, the personality. So and then the, the whole causing the droid rebellion. And then that character being incorporated into the computer of the I Millennium Falcon. Part. I think which, maybe for me, she just came on too strong. Yeah. But now the parts were like, uh, is it... Oh shit! The one—it's one of the originals when R two tells three PO that the computer told him that they hadn't fixed the, the drive, or is it? And he's like, "Oh, how did you tell? Like, how do you know that?" And he's like, "Oh, the computer told me." And it's like, "Well, the personality of you know the Falcon it's, actually it's, has it's a one of those real... little things that kind of adds on to the original yeah, movies yeah. in a good way." I yeah. really like it that adds part. to the the, the personality of the Falcon. I have one but with that. And okay, the but is. Lando obviously cared about L3. He did. He went he rushed out to try to save her. Yeah. And then he puts her brain into the Falcon. And then he doesn't fight for the Falcon as Yeah, that as, that bothered like, me too. He just sort of let Han so, go off. Well, we don't know. So in the books, they did there Lando does try to get the Falcon back after Jedi in a card game with Han. So it is conceivable that after that Jedi? kind of after Jedi, yeah, but don't the, those, the first Timothy's on the, or don't those books don't oh. exist anymore? The, yes, but what I'm saying is it's not unconceivable that this that, that that ship doesn't trade back and forth a couple times. True, and the Falcon does end up derelict on Jeddah. Yeah, which it did pass between hands from someone that stole it and then stole it and yeah. Passed it off. So and I, he I stole don't it know. Back. It's maybe not so much her personality got uploaded, or just, just maybe a map. little bit. Well, like, yeah, the mapping part, but you never know. Like, but they see, can not, you know I how much of the personality. I didn't really buy the relationship between Lando and L three, like that. It was I, I got that there was a relationship, but I mean, maybe I just didn't see it right. But well, I, but so I took didn't, it in my opinion didn't have any. I didn't see any affection from Lando to L three until. That end part where she's been shot, and he runs out to save her, and I'm like, "Why? You don't like her, except but that no, she has maybe, a good nav computer in her." But brain. that could be the point where it's like there's a whole relationship, and he doesn't really show that he cares or realize how much he cares until she's being destroyed. Like he, she's yeah. the only consistent person partner yeah. in his life. Yeah, but, but I to, didn't really get that. To kind of no. go with what you were saying is. I think that character stopped at the right point. I yes. think if that character had been in the rest of the movie, it probably would have started grading. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, for me, the only issue I have with the movie is is more of from a story point. Is I think they tried to jam way too much of Han's story into this one movie because the idea with all of these is like, well, if this does well, we'll get two or three more. So, like, in this movie, we got, like, most of the legends. He gets the Falcon. He gets... Uh, does the castle run. Gets the and... castle, does the castle run. He, he gets his name. You know, we, we see him free Chewy. They're, like, it's... we. I To me, I partially, and maybe this would have solved Kevin's problem, I wouldn't have had him get the Falcon till the next movie. Mm. Like, have a, like, this is his goal now. 
You know, he's flown the ship. He wants the ship. He's going to go after it at some point, but it doesn't necessarily have it for at the end of the first movie. Now, see, I'm I, I like that he has it by the end of the first movie. I don't know if you needed to do the Kessel Run. Like you could have just you this could have whole thing. That anything yeah. else? And they didn't have to go to Kessel yeah. to get you know to get I the think fuel. They could have complained if they didn't see the Kessel Run because that's such a big part of his. Yeah, but ethos. if he's only gets the falcon at the end yeah. then you can totally be like oh well, you know that he, has, he hasn't had the falcon yet so he hasn't you know and well, who's who needs what's the castle run maybe the castle run could have been a race that's what i always thought it was yeah because that's it to me that's how it was always kind of portrayed but like like you said that stuff doesn't I just, exist I, always, I thought it was smuggling spices away from castle there was a Kessel run, like that was the smuggler run. That's yeah, what I thought. Yeah, but it could have been, yeah, exactly. Not just this traditional, uh, okay, here's the path to Kessel. You got to do this, this, and I this. Think, I, I like that they did that because they don't know that there's going to be another movie, so it's good I that suppose. they wrap well, yeah. up the big things well, in then, this movie. And then, uh, I mean, there's still plenty of stuff that they as can much talk as about. well, exactly. And as much as he was signed on to do three movies, that doesn't mean they didn't. Make yeah, three I don't know if I need to see more movies with young Han Solo. I if they make another Kira. one, I'd kind of like to see one more just to tie up some of these. Well, loose and if they but. do make another one, I want it, and I hope that it incorporates the surprise cameo from the end. Yeah. So, I guess we should talk about that one a little bit. That was my attempted transition into that. So I, I don't know was. about you guys. You um, forgot that Darth Maul showed up? Oh, that, right, that. That was a surprise cameo? Yep. I had okay. no idea about that one. So yeah. I had seen, I, I tried to avoid spoilers for the movie when we were going into it, but a ton of articles popped up on my feed that, like, you. this is what explains the surprise cameo in Solo. and blah, blah, blah. So automatically... Boba Fett. Boba Fett's in the fucking movie. Boba Fett. Because yeah. we, we do see that scene. Uh, we've seen stills of that scene with um, Paul Bettany where he's like surrounded by Mandal- Mandalorian, Mandalorian armor. So like that already got that rumor yeah. ball rolling. And to be quite honest, I'm glad Boba Fett's not in this movie. That would have been like yep. that would have been the the too much of yeah. Han's backstory to, to be bothered with. That um, might be the next story. Was why Boba Fett doesn't like him so much. Well, yeah. it's not even so much that he doesn't like him. He just had a contract. Or Dengar. Maybe yeah. Dengar gets to be the bad guy in the next movie. I like that they name dropped Ora Singh, mm-hmm. and that uh, Woody Harrelson's character was it him that killed or, or who killed Ora Singh? Somebody they said? after. Uh, I can't remember. Was it, it was Kira it, who mentioned that somebody had yeah. offed Ora Singh. Well, it must have been Beckett. And then he said, well, I just kind of pushed her or something like that. So, well, back to yes, our original Yes, it was, because Lando was happy yeah. because he owed her money. Right. So Darth Maul's in the movie, which for us who have followed Clone Wars and Rebels, I was like, oh, yeah, that's awesome. But I wonder how many people were like, what the fuck? It's like, didn't he get cut in half and die? Yeah, like because it, it shows him with the electronic legs. But yeah. if you didn't follow Clone Wars or Rebels... If that, you just watched the movies, then you're like, how, why, how, like what? Completely out of I have blue. not seen any of those cartoons with Darth Maul in it, but I was aware that he was in them. Yes. Yeah, same here. So when he appeared, I was like, I have no idea what the F is happening. Well, it still it still holds some questions for Ryan and I, because it so this takes place in before Rebels, we figured, right? From what I heard the other day, this is ten years before A New Hope. Okay. 
So, so the rebellion rebels, has just started. Yeah, so rebels hasn't quite started yet. No, rebels. Clone rebels Wars is has about obviously ended. Yeah, because rebels is about five years. Because was it? Yeah, because he like controls like seasons. a mafia front in Clone Wars for a bit. So yeah, that well, kind of makes sense. Yeah, because he starts. I just uh, watched a little video. Just like, oh, they're explaining the cameo. I was like, oh, okay, let's see what their explanation is. Or excuse me, and they go over that. You know, okay, he how he was recovered from a garbage dump planet by his brother Opress or sa- <laughs> Savage Opress or as I call him Seamus O'Kill yep <laughs> and brought to see their their mom the witch yep. who magically gave him robot le- better robot legs he had like spidery robot and legs and also cured his insanity well he's to like a point nut bar. oh well when you just live off of pure will and dark side energy that'll do mm. you know that'll do that to you and then him and his brother started, you know, pulled together all these different underworld gangs and stuff. Uh, I forget what they called them. But he was more or less trying to make, like, a third faction uh, to join the Battle of the Clone Wars because he was, you know, wanted to take out the Jedi and he wanted to take out the Emperor. Mm. Uh, or, you know, Palpatine. It was a good faction was Clone killing Wars. Yeah. Until he, then Palpatine showed up and pretty much almost killed I did kill Savage did kill his brother. and almost killed Maul. And we've never got away. the full story on what happened with that. No. But then, so in the, so this is, falls into that timeline, that gap, like post him getting away from the Emperor, yeah. pre us seeing what, him on uh, Rebels. Unless they fill that in with something. It, uh, like, I wonder how impactful that is for anybody or if it just comes off as sort of weird. Yeah. It comes, to me, it came off as... I don't know why the heck he's in this movie. I hope they pick up this thread somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think the only reason to put him in and to add this, other, you know, would be to set him up as possibly a, you know, a big bad going forward. And he was voiced by Sam Wentworth. Who That's the one thing I did cartoon. notice on the, you know, it was like yeah. portrayed by Ray Park on screen. Ray Park? It was Ray yeah. Park. Yeah. And, but voiced by the voice actor that did it in the cartoons. Yeah, not the voice actor from not Phantom from the Menace. first movie. Yeah, it was Peter Serafinowicz in yep. the Phantom Menace. But uh, Sam Witwer has been doing Maul for quite a while now. Yeah, because uh, I was on the episode of Geek Heart where they interviewed him. Oh, nice. And asked him about it, it like because they were asking him about the um, what was that show he was on? Almost Human. Yeah, mainly Human. Almost, Almost human. human. He was the yeah, vampire. They were interviewing about Wasn't he? that. Yeah. yeah, he was I think the vampire. I watched, like, two episodes, of and the then show. they talked to him. That was the American remake of the British show. Yeah, because yeah. it was a vampire, a ghost, and a werewolf. A werewolf. They talked to him about that. I, I don't think James was on that episode, and I was there reviewing something else. And then they they brought up the rumors that he was involved in something with uh, Lucasfilm again because he's also the voice of Star Killer. Yeah, and in the, the Force Unleashed games. And, and the likeness, likeness yeah, because he he's friends with guys at ILM, and that's how that's got what got the ball rolling. And he became instantly like, I don't, uh, 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 oh wait, <laughs> the, the, the phone is cutting. Yeah. He's a good dude though, and I'm I'm glad to see that he's still getting work because he's one of those people who uh, like is in Star Wars who loves Star Wars. Yeah, and, he's a fan. Yeah. I want to ask about fan service. Was there too much fan service in this movie? Was there just enough fan service? Did the fan service detract 
from the to me i think it detracted you a did. little bit what was the fan service well just there were all kinds of references dropped in to things from obscure video games to characters that oh, we yeah, hadn't seen since uh, episode one Kira's the- fighting skill is a reference to one of the worst Star Wars games ever made. <laughs> okay, so which one was that? The Knights of Teharsi. It, it was, was the fighting game for PlayStation. Yeah. Never even heard God of it. God awful. Yeah. It's okay. terrible. So, so all these references are dropped in. And in some ways you can make the argument like, well, those are just there to make fanboys happy because these are things that they've known about for years that yeah. are part of the extended universe. But on the other hand... They may have had to come up with something anyway, so why not use something that's well, already? And exactly. So the fighting reference, you know, is something from. The, I, I didn't had no know fucking about clue that until I read so articles afterwards. When, you know, and then I didn't know that uh, the ship that, that what's his name was the same character that he played in episode um, Warwick Davis. Yep. That his character that you see when he takes his helmet off, that he's one of the, I guess, the, the yeah. Marauders or whatever, is the same guy that he played in episode in one Phantom when you Menace. see him at the pod, at the pod, the pod race. race. That they're saying that's oh, the same I character. Didn't know that. Yeah, and and uh, the other one is uh, the ship that Han says he has when he enters the card game mm-hmm. is the is the same model as the ghost. Oh, okay. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, see, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't catch that one. So there's all these little fan service things dropped see, in. Those type of fan service things. If you don't, those are fine. Them, if you don't, like you guys didn't know, they're that. details to the world. Like they would have had to have dropped the name of a pl- of some kind of ship and that they would have just made up anyway. To Wikipedia in, and in a separate entry instead of adding something to the exactly. Entry so if it's something there. that's already part of the world, you know, the universe that's out there, that if you're that into it, that you know all the different makes and models of ships and all that, that you and they say that, and then you can put two and two together and be like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, but for me, with all the stuff they uh, they threw in from Han's backstory, right, like all of it, that kind of detracted a little bit for me for it. But that's like I still enjoyed it. Like yeah. it was, and that's partially why I can see why the people who didn't like Last Jedi like this movie, and like why some of them like it a lot mm-hmm. is because it's in a lot of ways it's everything they didn't get from Last Jedi. It's the it's, it is what they expected yeah, to see. It, it's Whereas the, Last Jedi was not what they expected. You, know, you get to see Han be a hero. He he shoots first. He does shoot first. I liked I liked the references to lines in future Star Wars movies. Oh, it's like, I got a really good feeling about this. And the other one was Lando says to Han, "I hate you," and Han ah. says, "I know." Yeah. Which is yeah, you know. So, so, you know what, and I didn't even you know until you just said that. Now I didn't like I didn't catch that yeah. that part. That interaction <laughs> now, in the movie. With that, do you think you need another one? Do you think you're, you're good with the one? I'm good movie? with the one. If they decide to make another one, I'll go see it. I right now, like I would like to see the Darth Maul Cura movie. Yeah, well, me yeah. Too. But they've got to be the villains in that movie, don't yeah. they? So we need a hero to put up against them, and I don't know Why? who that is. Make a bad guy movie. You want a bad yeah. guy movie? They're well, not the Empire. They're the mob. That's true. Well, exactly. So. Well, that's what the next movie could be. He's clearly going on to work for Jabba. So you have it in, include, you know, he's doing a job for Jabba. He runs into her doing a job for so for we, Maul. We get like we get some. We Jabba get versus and Juliet and Jabba. No, good fellas. I want to see Jabba versus Maul one on one. Jabba can't move. <laughs> oh, he no, can move. Got, he has got guys to move for him. 
Yeah. Well, He's they got Dengar. He they, didn't they just announce a director for the new for the Boba Fett movie? Okay, so Ryan and I have differing things on this. I thought I saw an official announcement. I thought I did but too. I have not been able to find it since. I went on to StarWars.com last night or no today, and when it shows, there's a whole section on the front page that's in production, and there's nothing new. The only news on there, the latest news for anything new that's in production is Solo and the a little thing about the, the episode nine. Yeah. There's no talk, official talk anywhere of but the Boba Fett. The Hollywood Reporter is reporting that yeah, James the, Mangold is writing him. Everybody's reporting this. There's no official sources. It's not come out from Disney. It's not come out from Lucasfilm. It would not surprise me it, because uh, I'm trying to think. Mangold was involved with one of the DC movies, and he's one of the guys who dropped out. Yeah. Um, it would not surprise me if this is his next move because he's in good with Disney. He did, to a certain extent, because he did Logan. And yeah. that, like, they, they, I could Yeah, see but Logan one. isn't in with Disney. No, but it's... But it's, it's still uh, Marvel it's, property, it, even though... Well, yeah, it's no, like, I know. it's a Marvel property we weren't running, and it turned out really good to the point where people were talking Oscar. And I could see somebody at Disney like, well, I, I want a Star Wars movie that, like, they talk Oscar. So here's my... If they're going to do a Boba Fett, so this is how we can get our continuing crime lord story. That's what I'm thinking. Mm. So, like... And then the whole well, okay, what's his name signed on for you know for three movies as Han Solo, so him and Chewie are in the background at Jabba's palace or yep. something. Like he doesn't need to be part of the movie, interacting with you know Boba you Fett's end up story. With a trilogy that's Solo, Boba Fett, Jabba. Yeah. Ah, the Solo Fett Jabba trilogy. Well, it would just be the crime, or even like the crime syndicate. Well, the, syndicate so trilogy. The the going back to the archives here is there was, once upon a time, a live-action Star Wars TV show planned, and the working theme of it was the underworld. Yeah. It was going to be the, the slums of Coruscant and be mainly about Boba Fett and guys like Boba Fett. It would not surprise me whatsoever to find out that that's what they're aiming for with at least the Boba Fett movie, or if they're doing a couple more like that. Which bounty hunter did the name drop when... Uh Woody Harrelson's character and and his his girlfriend or whatever were talking and she's like she's talking about people they should have just gotten for the crew. Was it Dengar? No, it was uh Bosk. Bosk. Okay, it was one of the bounty. I just I heard the name and I was like, <laughs> that is a bounty hunter name yeah. drop. So uh, recommendations, good. Yep. Yeah, solid solid it. B rating. I, I oh, would say. it's I a solid it Star Wars movie. Yeah, yeah, it's good. I recommend seeing it. Yeah, and enjoyable. If if you like Star Wars, you will probably like this movie. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see why you wouldn't like it if you like Star yeah. Wars. If you like Han Solo, you'll probably like it. Like his character. I think like so. Yeah, for all the shit that that guy got when the previews started coming out, I thought he did a pretty decent job. Yeah. Like, not dead on, but you're not going to be. It's, and it makes me wonder. It, it really makes me wonder what the other guys what they were doing to this movie. Well, they didn't make get it. a director's credit at all. No, and well, they so got a producer credit. They got a producer credit, yeah, that's yeah, correct. could have just been in their contract. We know for a fact that any scene you saw Paul Bettany in was reshot. Yeah. Because the, the Paul actor, Bettany never left that room. Yeah. <laughs> and not only that, it was... Well, the two rooms. The actor who portrayed him was... was uh, has well, he's a black guy for one. Yeah, and he two, was Omar on the wire. He was yeah, 
and he was uh, going to be all CGI'd. Apparently, kind of a tiger person yeah. is what he revealed in in an interview on a radio show somewhere. So we we know that was one of the major changes. I haven't looked up what the director's percentage has to be in order for the credit to change, but it, whatever it is, it was enough for Ron Howard to get sole credit on it. Yeah. So it's a it, it is a, one of those curious what what could have been or what would have been. Well, especially with the, the talk that was coming out and how it was like going Ace Ventura, kind of Ace Ventura style with it, and which you can't see from this no. film. Really, which there's a me, lot of comedy in it. Like, there's a lot of uh, there's comedy. I would say there's a lot. There's some funny not gags. There's, there's jokes yeah. and witty banter, for lack of a better term. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not sure I need to see it again anytime soon, though. Yeah. Like, it's not like. Last Jedi, I wanted to see in the theater again. Well, one, exactly. I don't know like, I do. Of the three movies right now in theater that we've all seen, Avengers, Deadpool, Solo. We can go to the movies tomorrow night and see one. Which one do you want to see? Avengers. 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 Yeah. Yeah, that's my thought too. I probably, if I had to rank them, like if we had to get based on times playing, I or might something go see like Book that. Club. I kind of want to. <laughs> that wasn't on the list. So it wasn't we on went the to list. The theater today. There was a, so many people, like, as we're going in, I'm like, they're here for book club. They're here for book club. They're here for book club. <laughs> and then they all walked into Deadpool. No, nope. And you were surprised as hell. No, they were, uh, they oh, were like, all women in their, like, late 40s. And they all walked into Deadpool. 3.30 on a Monday afternoon. Like, who else is the audience going to be? <laughs> but to be fair, book club is one of those movies that w- is perfect counter-programming oh, yeah. for everything oh, this yeah. summer. And it's doing quite well based on it. I've heard some reports of it like selling out at theaters yeah. because you know the old ladies don't give a shit about Star Wars yeah. or Spider Man. Well, if we're gonna talk now that you know transitioning into the take for this movie, it's not doing that well. It's nope. doing okay. It's, it's it, China will again be one of the deciding factors. Apparently, the one headline I did read today that it didn't make as much as Justice League. Really. At least domestically on opening weekend, which makes you wonder what what that's going to change with Star Wars movies going forward. I think the problem is that it came out in May. Yeah, yeah. After Deadpool, after Avengers, yeah. should have just five months. Yeah. Since I mean, Last Jedi just came out on video, mm. right? And it's going to be on Netflix next month. I I, I think it's too soon. Not to you know, not to. Uh, to put a shine on myself here, but one of the things I said at the start of the summer is I think the crowdedness is going to affect some of the box office. Avengers and Infinity War did not seem to be affected at all and still is going fairly strong. Yeah. But I really think the fact that Solo and Deadpool 2 opened up so close together, I think that took a bite out of both their box offices. I, I, think, I if, think so. If one or the other had opened, they probably would have been fine. And but Well... Uh, according to Box Office Mojo, Deadpool had made $500 million in its opening weekend yep. internationally and domestically. Solo's only made $168 million. Yeah. And part of that's to fatigue. Like, I'm, like right now, I'm like, oh, I'm glad there's nothing really coming out for a week or two. And even yeah. then, it's like it. I think it would have worked better as a Christmas movie. Yep. And it would have been, like, honestly, perfect answer for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Family-friendly adventure movie around Christmas time. The only competition really what would have been... Fantastic Beasts. Yeah, the next Harry Potter movie. And when's that open? Is it a December November, or November? So you yeah, open so it in December, November's going to be a busy month. Why would else in November? Um, 
Wreck-It Ralph 2. Is that in November? Hmm. Yeah, and there's one more coming out in November now. I can't remember uh, I can't remember what it was. Uh, let me take a look here. Jump to... So, in the meantime... Yep, go see it if you like Star Wars. If you I think like Wraiths. I think it's going to get good word of mouth, though. Yeah. In the uh, in as we come to the end of the episode, and uh, Kevin's still looking up that. Thing. Well, November's got Bohemian Rhapsody. It's got um, the Nutcracker in the Four Realms, which is a Disney film. Doctor Zeus's The Grinch, Fantastic Beasts, Creed Two, Ralph Breaks the Internet, <laughs> Wreck It Ralph Two, Robin Hood. Robin Hood's the one I see tanking. Oh, oh out of that group? Oh, yeah. That's the, that's I still kind of want to see it. Well, exactly. It looks that's what, the looks same feel. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to pay for uh, it. Oh, and then December is um, Spider-Man and Aquaman. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, the animated one. Oh. And Aquaman. And Aquaman and comes out in December? Aquaman yep. comes oh, wow. out December 21st. See, I thought it was more October or September. Bumblebee. And that comes out in December too. Apparently, wow! And also, I wouldn't be surprised if Bumblebee gets pushed back though. And then uh, the big Christmas Day release is Mary Poppins. Yeah. Oh, I really want. Well, to I don't see know that. if it will get pushed back because they just did the whole one of those um, the brand shows where they were really pushing Bumblebee and have actually officially you know taking uh, taken Transformer Seven off of the slate and yeah. have put something else in that date. So, which has fueled the rumors of Bumblebee being more of a reboot of the franchise. Yeah, we'll see. Yep. So, end of the episode, Geek Picks. Who wants to go first? I don't know why I did it that way. (laughs) Everybody hesitated, so I'll go first. So, I watched my Geek Pick just before I I came over here tonight. (laughs) I finished watching it, actually. So, on Netflix, there's a new uh, documentary called Making Fun, The Story of Funko. Oh, I watched it the other night. I just heard about it, and I want to see it. Yeah. I'd watch it again. That's oh, good, because you're right going now. to. It totally reminded me of, like, Trekkie. Okay. Like, yep. though, that type of documentary where it's it's very much about the fans. It's not so much. It starts off about the product. Well, it starts off about the company. It's about the company more, because even it starts about, say, and, you know, the, this isn't about the toys. It's one of like the first yeah. lines that they show on the screen. It's about the company, and then it, you know, it's about the people behind the company, and then the fans that have continued to drive the company to what it's become now. And uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. Like it just yeah, they jump around and you see these different fans and you know, their collection and their connection to the product, and which reminded me a lot of those Star Trek fan documentaries. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's on Netflix. It's an hour and a half. Yeah. And it's got normal, like normal people like us, and normal. <laughs> Who are you uh, calling normal? Um, it's but got it's, people that uh, whose, whose also collection couple, rooms put my office to shame. Yeah, but yeah. there's also a couple like quasi celebrities in it. There's a uh, a former championship boxer in there who's a big Funko collector, and there's a yeah uh, the, uh, the 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 oh, what was it? what was his name um, the Hebrew Hammer yeah <laughs> and it, and he puts. Um, one of the the stickers you'll see on a couple of the direct edition Funkos, he has that on his boxing tights, <laughs> and it's just like he's never explained a, it up a, until this point. It's like point. a glow in the dark thing that's yeah. on his trunks, and he, people have wanted to like sponsors wanted to buy that space. He's like, no, that's my own thing. It's a special spot for me, and and they've actually made you know because in boxing it's your own. You know, you can license your. So they've made Funko pops like uh, yeah, pops of him. 
And then, well, yeah, they've got like his art and his stuff on his trunks, and and Zack Ryder's in it, showing off a bit of his toy collection. That's the wrestler. Yeah, he looks like he would f- fill uh, fit in right at home with us oh. and our collections. <laughs> like he's like, here's my tr- my Ninja Turtle collection. Here's my Ghostbuster collection, and I'm like, yeah, I got that. I got that. I got that. Oh, I got that old thing. Oh, and then he's, but he's like, oh, and here's my Proton Pack that I paid. That, that I played. No, here's the Proton Pack I paid. I played with as a kid. Like the, I, yeah, the, the, the one Ghost that I have. Like, and here's the real one that I just bought not too long ago. That I paid someone three thousand dollars to make for me, and he puts it on, and he's like, you know, you get this in the mail, and you're like, oh, I can't believe I just paid like three thousand dollars for this, and he's like. But look at me, I'm busting ghosts. And he starts playing with the buzzing. So we got to get this guy on our podcast is what you're saying. I should try. He he does stuff for Funko's uh, toy channel and he does stuff on WWE's YouTube channel about toys and stuff. I should reach out and see if I can get a hold of him. Because he's a... called again? It's called Making Fun, Fun. the Story of Funko. And it's a it's a new enough toy line that I'd like... I'm like, oh yeah, I remember when those came out. I didn't realize that was Funko. Yeah. And then... Then they went into their Pops brand, and that has taken over the world. Are you trying to search for it on Netflix? I am. I found that I couldn't find it when I was searching Making Fun, but when I typed in just Funko, Funko it then it popped up. up. Oh, there it is. I just saw it, it on your screen. Right okay. So, good pick. I agree with that one. Uh, Jen? I couldn't think of a geek pick. Um, I'm just going to plug Squirrel Girl like I always do. Uh, I got the first issue of... Uh, well, it's not the first issue. It's issue number 32 of Squirrel Girl, drawn by the new person, whose name I don't remember. Give me a second. <laughs> well, there's three names on the front. I know that North is the writer, and one of the other two is the artist, but I don't remember which one now. Where does it say? It's usually in the credit box. Oh, Derek Charm is the new artist. Or at least for a couple issues. And I don't know if I like the style or not. Well, then why are you recommending <laughs> Well, because I always the story, as always, is solid. The story of this issue You'll get used to the art. Art looks very similar, at least. Yeah. Um, It looks similar, just a little different. So the the premise of this particular issue is that Squirrel Girl, Doreen, wants to uh, hang out with her friends not as superheroes. Mm -hmm. And so she invites Craven the Hunter. And my favorite page is uh, Craven next to his van with the 80s decal of it. <laughs> Airbrush on the side of it. Side of him on the top of a cheetah. You know what? With a Craven would totally woman. drive an '80s GMC van. Oh yeah, with, yeah. with that kind of thing painted on it. Oh yeah. So, and if you look at the van, it's the A-team van. It's got the red fin on it. Oh, it's totally it's gray instead of being totally black. Yeah, but funny. So I mean, I always, as always, I recommend Squirrel Girl. Um, I guess I got to get used to the artist. The story is solid as always. I got to get used to the art. Um, so that's my recommendation is keep reading Squirrel Girl Kevin I'm also going to recommend comics and uh, so I'm recommending IDW Star Trek Discovery Comics uh, they I wasn't a huge fan of the first miniseries <laughs> The Light of Kalos which is a uh, Klingon backstory on characters that die during the course of the show mm-hmm. uh, in the, like the first episode <laughs> yeah it was fine but um, not great. Um, this current miniseries, because uh, they seem to be doing it in four-issue miniseries, um, is by Kristen Beyer, 
and Mike Johnson are the writers, and Kristen Beyer is a staff writer on Star Trek Discovery. Oh, okay. And she has a background of writing Star Trek Voyager novels. Ah. Uh, uh, the art's by Angel Hernandez, and uh, it's called Star Trek Discovery Succession, and uh, I know you haven't watched Star Trek Discovery yet, so a bit of a spoiler here for you. This is about what happens in the Mirror Universe after the Discovery has left and gone back to the Prime Universe. Oh, okay. So it's uh, it's all about it's about mirror versions of characters we know. Mm. Uh, I find it really really fun um, to see to see our characters in a different setting and a different take on them. But the, the other book that came out within the last month is the Star Trek Discovery Annual, also uh, by Byron Johnson and Hernandez. And this is the backstory of Lieutenant Stamets. Uh, he is the engineer who um, has uh, harvests the mushrooms and the spores are his thing. The fungus guy. Okay. Yeah. It's about how he meets... Uh, He's the fun guy? Yeah. Well, he's a bit of a grumpy head, so he's not really all that fun. But it's about how he meets. Uh, <laughs> it's about how he meets um, his partner, Doctor Culber, and how they, how their relationship starts. It's about how he gets drafted into Starfleet. How he just makes the discovery about the network, and yeah, I read it. Too. So I like that it's. I like that these books add to the sort of mythology of Star Trek Discovery. You don't need to read them to. Uh, enjoy the TV series, but if you enjoy the TV series, they will they will be fun little stories that add to your experience. So that's um, cool. Star Trek Discovery comics by IDW, and so far all of them have been written by Kristen Byer and Mike Johnson. So, so uh, for my geek pick um, is, is just something I think is cool right now that I'm slowly reading through. Uh, I am a big fan of tabletop RPGs. I've been a D and D player since like grade seven. And I play. I've played Rifts. I played Vampire the Masquerade. Tons, tons of pen and paper RPGs. I am also a. Uh, if you haven't noticed, I'm a big fan of professional wrestling. And these worlds have combined <laughs> into a pen and paper RPG called Worldwide Wrestling that I saw the the book for, and I'd actually heard about it through a. Um, there is a RPG podcast where they will. It's called. I think it's called One Shot, mm-hmm. where they do a one shot game over like the course of like two or three episodes. And in this one, the only reason I found out about it is a wrestler that I like his podcast, Colt Cabana. They brought him on to play the RPG with the like. It's with like three stand up comedians, basically. And I always thought it sounded cool. I saw it in the the game store, uh, the end games when I was in uh, Virginia. It was 20 bucks. I'm like, ah, get it. And I've been reading through it, and I like the mechanics of it. Because um, in the rule system, you play both the the pro wrestler gimmick, but you also play the man behind the gimmick and do the the behind-the-scenes stuff, too. So like you you like you want to try and secure your spot, you want to try and get over with the crowd and uh the people who aren't involved in the matches uh take turns being the announcers for it. So it's how well you role play for the other players will decide how well you do with the the audience and the television audience Fine. and stuff like that. Um right now there are two books for it. There's the main role playing book which I've got and there's also a supplement called International Incident, 
which is how to play as a Japanese wrestler or as a Mexican luchador or <laughs> English lucha lucha or English strong style. So uh, when uh, after a bit, I think I'm going to pick up that game as that book as well. Um, you can find this book at uh, ndpdesign.com. Uh, he's made a bunch of other games, but this is this was apparently a Kickstarter role playing game, and now it's being published so cool. it's uh it, it, it combines a couple of my fandoms all into one one thing because i i like me some uh some pen and paper rpgs so yeah, sounds fun so that's it for this episode we'll be back in two weeks with another episode uh are do we have any idea what we're doing for the next episode haven't we'll got a clue. Man, that's a, two weeks. For, that's future. That's future, future nerds problem. problem. That's future nerds problem. <laughs> oh, and then, well, that's far. That's farther future nerds problem. Future nerd, like re, more recent future nerds problem is that I, I have to produce the show and put it up. But uh, that's future <laughs> Brent's problem. Yeah, that, well, yeah, that's future <laughs> Brent's problem. Well, Ryan knows how to do it now. Yep. I don't, I, actually, we, well, since I've now got a little bit of time on my hands, maybe <laughs> uh, maybe we'll do a little bit of a seminar and I'll, I'll teach you the crap that I know, which isn't much. <laughs> and that way, if we go on vacation again, you, you guys can do another bootleg show. Bootleg show? <laughs> so we're calling it the Bootleg Podcast? Uh, maybe. <laughs> it was good, though. I got, I'm glad you guys... Uh, what's her name? Sorry. Rachel. Rachel. Rachel, I'm glad you had Rachel on. And it, it, like I said, for like your first shot at it, it, it turned out pretty good. Well, thanks, Brad. Oh, thanks. We got I, a Brent I, approval. I felt a little proud. Feel it like was he's like patting me on the head. Yeah, you know, did I a think... good job. <laughs> you done you good ran, talking you were, about stuff. You ran the show re- really well. You you produced it fairly well for like for somebody who hadn't done it before. It's you know, <laughs> you deserve compliments. And uh, sure. and ice cream and ice cream <laughs> and I, I I don't mean to sound like a complete shill at the same time. Uh, uh, you may have noticed a slight theme to uh, some of our conversation. If you need a writer for anything, I am currently available. So uh, <laughs> feel free to uh, get uh, in touch with us through uh, Facebook, and uh, I will uh, set you uh, prices and stuff, and I will write stuff for you if you <laughs> therefore need it. But. Uh, In the meantime, um, thank you for listening, and we will be back in two weeks. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the True North Nerds, recorded at the Utility Cupcake Research Kitchen. Reach the nerds on Twitter at True North Nerds, on Facebook under, surprise, True North Nerds, and you can reach them by email at truenorthnerds at gmail.com. If you like the opening theme song, it's called Set Your Phasers to Sexy by Kirby Crackle from the album Sounds Like You. Please go to kirbycracklemusic.com or look them up on iTunes and buy everything that they have made. You won't regret it. So set your phasers to sexy.